0: It's time for America's most unique motorsports show. Mostly Motorsports with Scott Traylor. Hey
1: everyone, welcome to Mostly Motorsports.
2: i with Kirk Elliott. We're the racing boys. Todd Surprise, producer extraordinaire, hanging out with us here today in the studio. It's a great day. As you can see, I am wearing my Chiefs colors today. A a great day for the Kansas City Chiefs yesterday. Just saying, we we beat the Cincinnati Bengals, Kirk. How about that? But your your sock is hanging off there, there a little bit there.
3: All right.
4: So my uh, sock on the microphone, not my sock on my not the sock on your shoe. Man, that was quite a game last night, wasn't it? It was.
2: Uh, I don't know about anybody else, but um, I know that I was bound up a little bit last night watching that game. It was intense. It was very intense. And it was so intense that our producer, Todd Surprise, could not watch the game because it was too much for you. You, you. you're not a big fan of Tony Romo, are you? I
5: I don't I like Tony Romo. I don't mind. I what I have grown to dislike is the new way of the color commentator, which is talk all the time. Just talk, 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 talk. They got
4: to earn talk. their money. They're they're highly paid I commentators, know they are.
5: and it just it if I don't know if you listen to the broadcast of Westwood One or maybe even your local broadcast, but right. the Kevin Harlan. Audio broadcast was a way better call of the game, in my opinion. How
2: can you beat Kevin Harlan? You can't.
5: It's just it's a great it's a great call. Um, he knows, like you said, he knows when he's on TV and he knows when he's on radio. He'll do
4: the uh, Super Bowl on radio too, will he not? Yeah, yeah absolutely. No doubt. Yes,
5: yeah. and he I think mm-hmm. he joins our local media this week. I, I think Tuesday or Wednesday. I can't remember he, which. He's, day
4: he's also on. a
2: Kansas City guy. Yeah, I mean, he, he lives did, here in Kansas City. He
5: did. And he grew up. I mean, I grew up. I and mean, He was our play-by-play guy before Mitch Holtis took over and Kevin Harlan started becoming the announcer of the world you know because he just doesn't do this he's college basketball he's pro basketball he's he does everything I mean something like if you've heard the commercial sometimes he calls two games at once you know there's a commercial where he (laughs) right and there's a game one where he calls the the guy running across the field he does the commentary about the guy that was streaking on the field so yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm a bigger fan of the audio broadcast and i i tend to leave during the fourth quarter and listen <laughs> and listen to it
2: Tam, tammy's just chiming in she said happy monday boys we are friends today but we will be fo- foals for the super bowl with the chiefs versus the eagles lots of storylines big red against his old team the kelsey brothers and Mahomes' health,
4: man, there's a That's lot going, going, on. going on there. And, and so,
2: so
5: obviously, Tammy is a big Eagles fan. Yeah, we've got a lot of Eagles fans out there. Actually, there's there's quite a few. And I was a big Eagles fan this year for obvious reasons. They're a really good team.
2: It, it, listen, I, I'm I'm just going to say it right now. Yeah,
5: hardest th- team we're gonna. That
2: see. is going to be the toughest game of the year for the Chiefs. Absolutely.
5: Now they did have a little easier roll through the playoffs than anybody, and, I mean, the Giants, nobody thought the Giants were going to be there, obviously. But they killed them yesterday, Yeah, they, the, they, 49ers. They played the 49ers. Without, they played without a quarterback for 30 minutes, not just a backup. They played with no quarterback for 30 minutes. Right. There's no professional football team has ever played a game with a, a, a no quarterback, basically. There was no quarterback. The poor guy couldn't throw more than five yards, and they never let him throw.
2: Uh, Let me ask you this. Do you think that Andy Reid is going to be motivated to beat the Eagles?
5: Absolutely.
4: I think he'd be motivated no matter who it is. Yeah, I mean, he he was fired by the Eagles, right?
5: Not only fired, you know, they talked a lot about how he couldn't win the big one. Right. Game management. And now here he's
2: won three. He's been in three of the
4: last four Super Bowls.
5: And now he's, you know, like I said, I don't expect this to be easy at
4: all. Uh, he but, took the Eagles to the Super Bowl in '04. Uh, 4 I yes believe sir. it was. Whatever.
2: Was it '04 4 yeah, yeah. Against
5: the Patriots, right?
2: He won more games with the Eagles than any other coach. Yep. They're, they're, and he's won more games with the Chiefs than any other he coach. He was
5: there yeah. 14 seasons. Right. Yep. Everybody thought that he was going to take a year off or so, you know, when he, retired, when he got fired from the Eagles or let go. And Clark Hunt swooped in on his airplane, grabbed him in Philadelphia – brought him back to kansas city you know he was going through a lot back then you know he just lost a son right and uh to drug overdose and mm-hmm. and uh, everybody figured he was going to take a year off and boy I'll, he and,
2: he didn't want to take a year off he, he wanted to stay on the grind and you know it, yeah
5: and that helped you and good for good for him and thank god he came to kansas city because best thing our franchise has never <laughs> We've been so bad for so long that we just don't under we still pinch ourselves because we don't think that this is real here in Kansas City. You
2: know, we right? were pretty good in the nineties with Marty.
5: We just sniffed it so close though. It was so
4: couldn't close was, the deal.
5: You could see it in Derek Tomman's face when we missed it all those just by a hair. I mean They we,
4: really only went to one yeah. ASC championship Joe game Montana back in that year. era. That 94, was ninety four Montana came in. They lost to the Bills. Yep.
5: Ninety four. Beat, beat yeah. the Houston Oilers and before Houston moved out to Tennessee and yeah. ninety
4: three season in January of ninety four exactly yeah,
5: yeah so right. like I said I I'm like you Scott I was a little I was a little tied up in that game bound up as you say and right. uh, I did move into the other room and listen to it via audio but the the explosions so here's how what's funny is the usually the audio is a little quicker than what the video is. Right, but I was listening in Westwood Wood, so it was about the same or a little behind. And I heard the explosions in my neighborhood because my neighborhood just blows stuff up for no reason at all. I mean, right, we're, we're in Wyandotte County; we just blow things up for right, fun. right. And it's, the explosion you're, you're in the dot. It sounded like Fourth of July at my house. And Jennifer, my wife, said, "I think we must have won." And and then the call I heard, and I go, "Yeah, we just won. We just won." So it was that that's what set off and this is exactly how i won watched it when we went the last time so i'm the, i i kept in tradition let's just say my superstition lies where i i'll do a lot of the same things and yeah. there's a reason why i didn't say anything on track talk when we left and you wanted me to pick a score i wouldn't do it because i can't do that um
2: i i picked 27
5: 24 yep it and was twenty three twenty. And Kirk, well, I remember what your score was. You were in the thirties, but I, th- I think you were a higher score. But I, I said I'd, didn't I didn't. Would... You
4: pick what was your score? Kirk? I can't remember. I picked the Chiefs to win, though. Yeah. Right. Yep. Yeah. Yeah.
5: So no, it was a good, thrilling. It was easy to fall asleep last night after after that. But I tell you what, I did do. I went back and watched it at two a.m. Oh, did you? Because it's on again. Watch the replay? And uh, it it was open. So I didn't watch it actually at 2. I woke up at 5 when the finish was over before NFL. Programming starts, you know. They play the last game, and yeah, so yeah, you I, get up early in the morning. Oh yeah, yeah. and so I watched. Uh, <laughs> I watched the fourth quarter. Unlike me, I don't get up early. I didn't. I watched three quarters on TV and listened to a quarter. And last night I watched a quarter about five a.m. this morning. So
4: that uh, that whole thing felt about the same to me. I'm a big Royals fan. When the Royals yes. went to the World Series in 2015, exactly, and uh, Davis came in it was and like... had to fight through the uh, Toronto Blue Jays to. To get them out in the ninth inning, it felt almost like that yeah. that they won. To me, just it, like the Chiefs did. The what Royals
2: it? are terrible. Well, they are.
5: But well, like and said, I'm saying he's talking about how that game was. They're but yeah. terrible. But it was it was exactly that same feeling. Like they we, were
4: good then. They won the World Championship. But we
5: just well, have. To, I know
4: it. They just got lucky, Kirk. <laughs> we we got it.
5: lucky. No, <laughs> we had two. We went to this World Series back to back years. You know, that's not luck. You don't you don't luck into two World Series. You could ask. Ask Seattle Mariners.
4: I'm just comparing it to how I felt. Watching the ninth inning of that uh, game was the same as the intensity of watching this game yesterday.
2: Frog said to turn your mic up a little bit. I can can do that. You can do that. Um, Do you think that the motivation behind the victory yesterday was when they called Arrowhead Burrowhead? That's it. And that, uh-huh. <laughs> I think that motivated him more than anything, didn't it?
5: Between that and that mayor putting a proclamation out. Let me tell you something. It's, it's all fine when you do your bets with your barbecue and your chili. But
2: don't run your mouth.
5: But when you make a proclamation and you... Uh, you know what a pro... I mean, like I said, it's all in fun and all, but he actually had the whole thing... And one of the things in the proclamation was to have a paternity test to prove that Cincinnati was Patrick Mahomes' dad, his daddy. That was what the mayor put out in a thing.
2: How about that? Let me that tell you, stupid. you
5: want to you know how you don't win an election? re-win a re-election, Right. you do something that Run stupid mouth. to where you cost your whole team a thing. Guess what? That dude will never win another election in the city. You better,
4: you better win if you put out stuff like the that. The
5: proclamation. Go online and pull up the proclamation. And re- whereas on this date, we will see if it was just it went on and on and on. It was five whereases. And that's if that's why you saw Travis Kelsey right. say what he said in the postgame thing.
2: Jabroni called him Jabroni.
5: Know your role and shut your mouth. You <laughs> and jabroni. don't be a Jabroni. That's a that's from The Rock from WWE days, and uh that's a, his old saying. And that was what he told people that thought they knew what that's they. That's a was, little old school Jabroni. It's, that's is exactly it? what that is, yeah. man. And so anyway, I. That was like like you said between the borough head and uh, and the mayor saying that. That's just we didn't say anything all week long. And if you heard the post game thing, they they actually said, "Look, <laughs> well, this is why we brought the extra heat." I I thought the game was over when Mahomes lost the intercept when he lost when he when he fumbled the ball when he fumbled the ball in the third quarter with yeah f- that, 55 w- that seconds, was not good with fifty five seconds left in the third quarter. I thought that was the momentum shift, right? Because there's always a momentum shift right. in a football game. And it had been kind of the way it was, 20 to 13, 20, you know. And here we are with the Mahomes making a fatal error. I mean, he reached back. It had nothing to do with his ankle. Nope. He just fell out of it his fell hands. out of his hands. <laughs> and they
2: could he could have reached over there and scooped it in
5: and he tried and i think maybe his ankle kept him from being able to go down on the ground cuz it was so taped up but they couldn't capitalize on that um what what another play fourth what, down we're looking at on the big screen here the fourth, fourth
4: down play where they converted down near the goal six, line about the 5 yard line
5: and they go yeah. for it now this is the new NFL, right? Yeah. That yeah. you just go for like it's beginning of the fourth quarter. You Who still would got... have thought
2: they would have went that far down the field? Nobody, nobody. And they they so and they scored
5: and they come in and score. So at that point, that was my momentum shift, and I literally said, "Okay, here's where I moved to the audio <laughs> broadcast." <block." laughs> <laughs> but that yeah. that
4: one uh, that one interception that he threw that was tipped and then picked off. Yeah, that that uh, that, that was, was the big. game close, and so
5: that was the momentum shift I felt to come back. You know what I'm saying? That was your momentum shift for the Chiefs. When we when we tipped that ball, you have to understand we had four rookies starting in the backfield at the end. Not starting, in the but secondary. playing that game yeah. at the end. Well, how many
4: receivers? Well, the, hold the on second. a second. Not
2: only that, <laughs> but how many receivers right. got hurt yesterday? A lot. They were down to just three yeah. receivers at the end of that
4: game.
5: And a line. And a linebacker and a defensive lineman. We were
4: down. <laughs> Sky Moore and Marquise Valdez Scantling. Yeah, MVS
5: had the. Yeah. He was the player of the game. I mean, you can't. I mean, besides Mahomes being Mahomes crazy. Yeah. And, Scantling and had 118 he, he, yards.
2: You know what I really hated to see yesterday was Tony go down.
5: Yeah. Not just that. I, I, I. That hurt. He, I was he's glad
2: got, he's got an ankle issue.
5: I'm glad it wasn't his hamstring because that's right. what he's been dealing with. Right. From when we got him. Because my thought was, and you saw it too, the way he went down, I was like, that's a hamstring. <laughs> well, you know,
2: I think he could be the most valuable player for the Chiefs. Yeah, so I... I out I'm, of all our receivers. I think he could be the best.
5: I'm I'm like you, and I did not understand how... I don't know how you let somebody just go. I understand you let him go to the Chiefs because they're not in your division, and they were sick of that guy. But that kid... Next year, or even in the Super Bowl, we have two full weeks to get healthy.
2: Right. Uh, how about uh, Pete brings this up here? He says, "What do you think about the, the the criticism of the referees during that game?" I didn't think it
4: was a very well officiated ball game at all. It I, was
5: it was bad officiating. Listen, all the around. Chiefs
4: never get good officials.
5: It's bad. We it's it's always bad. But I here is what I do know: this league game has gotten so fast that these officials, you can't. It, there's going to have to be more electronic done, because that game in the first game, you know as well as I do, that guy did not catch that ball in that in that Eagles game. He went to the yeah. line doing this with his hands. Right. That's a signal to his team was I didn't catch it. Hurry up to the line. Let's snap this ball. By the time they came back from commercial, they had the replay. Right. Now.
4: You they'd can't already me, moved to the next play by that time. It felt
5: like you had a B team running the Fox broadcast on a Super Bowl weekend, on a playoff weekend. Like, they had not all the camera angles. They had a backup. The, the people that were, I'd never even seen those people. And they're do doing them. the Super Bowl. And I do not understand it. That that looked like a backup broadcast team doing the Fox broadcast compared to what you saw with all the camera angles and everything, I, I don't know. It just seemed really strange. Um, but I I'm I agree. There were some really bad calls, but it's been bad all year. This what about
4: that? I thought that Zach Taylor was going to go ballistic when that third down play yeah, was redone. Redone.
5: That's the you, one that
4: you know.
2: One of the biggest plays of the game was when Sky Moore ran that back. At ran the that back, and he got to what the fifty well, yard line. Here's
5: the thing: as a punter, you kick it out of bounds. Guess what happens? Mm-hmm. You you kick that ball out of bounds, you put him at he ran the, that ball was at the eighteen. He ran even if he had just gotten a ten yard run back, it would have been you'd have still had him inside, but you allowed you kick that ball to him. I it made no twenty seven
4: yard return off that Yes,
5: it makes no sense at all to kick a ball. Yeah. and if you heard Ryan uh, Rex Ryan say that.
4: Yeah, I heard him say that. Say
5: why would you kick a ball to somebody at that point, kick it out of bounds, right? And make and, and make him march. You know, Mahomes can do it in thirteen seconds. We've already seen him do that. Mm-hmm. March the field. He's done that in the past. But the guy's on one leg. Make this guy do it again. It makes no sense to me that yep. they kick that ball. And that was, like you said, Scott, that was a turning point in the game. You that guy. The,
2: the and when Patrick got shoved out
5: of bounds. Well, you can't. I feel bad for that guy. He, he hurt his knee on that. Play he hurt too. his knee on it, and his whole team. He had two or three of his senior teammates just ragging him all the way to the bench, all the way to the locker room. They screamed at him. I I felt bad for his this. own
2: teammates.
5: Two of them, one that's retiring. I can't say some of the words, but they were f-bombing him all the way to the locker room. And I was like, I cannot believe this. And the second thing I don't understand is Stephen St. John talked to her this morning on the. I don't understand why you don't have a team official and they're sitting by that next to that poor guy at his locker you know who they had coming to his defense he had another player there trying to keep the reporters at bay right from beating this poor guy up asking him the same question over they didn't have a team guy or nothing standing next to this guy trying to Mm -hmm. you know work things around so no, it was a it was a bad look and i felt bad for for that that kid that he's gonna have to live with that for a long (laughs) time
2: rick just chimed in he said at least the fans of the kansas city uh, of the chiefs are better than the eagle fans throwing eggs at yeah. the 49ers ridiculous I, it, did,
0: it, did you see that
5: i saw some really bad thing i saw a lot of eagles fans happen to be escorted i mean out not eagles fans 49ers fans being escorted out by security and not just guys i'm talking women they were getting stuff thrown at them and things said to them and it's
4: that reminds me of the Raiders uh, yeah, out there. Yeah, the
5: Eagles aren't fans. Back
4: in the old days The Philadelphia
5: Oakland. actual fans aren't that. They're no. just such. We know back in the day they had a jail cell in the bottom of Philadelphia Eagles mm-hmm. where they play because they had a trial. They can do do trials right there because of the, I mean, they booed Santa Claus for Christ's sake.
4: Passionate <laughs> fans out there in Philadelphia, <laughs> I'll tell you that. Yeah. So they booed Santa. They Claus. They did. Yeah. T-
5: they knew that they had Santa Claus on the field one year back, and, and Joe Ma- John, John Madd said, "Man, only Philadelphia fans will boo Santa Claus." Right.
3: No doubt.
4: Yeah, they uh, they're they're a tough crowd out there. They are no doubt about it. So, uh, Eric- hey, I just want to make one mention: Harrison Buckner, yes, who uh, missed extra points and field goals throughout right. the year. Man, did he step up in these last two ball games to get the job done? Yep. No that's doubt about it. That's off to the, the uh-huh. kicker. For the Kansas poor team. Guy. Well, he first of
2: all, he, he had a leg injury. He's been hurt, and yeah. they
5: even said he he's got extensive extensive work to be done still on that ankle, even when the season's over. With like, he's patched together. You know, people don't realize that was game one, right? <laughs> In Arizona, that's where we're going back to. You know, is the same where we started the season. So.
4: How about that? that was where they began yeah. the season. Uh-huh. The same weekend as the NASCAR weekend. That's right. Everybody's in
5: Arizona. Uh, anyway.
2: Tammy yeah. said we are mis- misunderstood as a fan base. Ha ha. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I just say this. your are passionate.
4: passionate. Mm. And, and, you know, the Phillies were in the World Series this year. That's and right. And those fans are well, pretty passionate, Here's the too. difference right.
5: between Philadelphia fans and anybody else. They have to grease the poles in downtown Philadelphia to keep people from climbing. The poles, I don't know if you saw that on the thing, but if you go to their, they grease the poles so people don't climb the poles in downtown Philadelphia. They have to put grease on them because people, it gets nuts down there, man. Right. And they still manage to get past the grease.
2: It's going to be the toughest game that Chiefs ever played. Absolutely. And, yeah. I, and why tough... shouldn't it be? It's the Super Bowl. Yeah, no two doubt. weeks and
5: Two weeks of, of fodder to talk about I'm not it.
2: feeling real good about it. Be honest. Well, hell, I would not feel good. Because their defense is so yeah, good.
5: I wasn't feeling good about yesterday's game, and so with the injury. so Just enjoy the next two That's wins. what I'm saying.
2: All right. Um, listen, we're going to take a break. When we come back, Logan Seavey is going to join us, Chili Bowl winner. And we're going to talk about his win down at the uh, Lucas Oil Chili Bowl Midget Nationals coming up. And that should be an interesting conversation, man. Uh, what a great job he did uh, during the Chili Bowl. Uh, really a great job. So we're going to talk to Logan CV next right here on Mostly Motorsports. We're going to take a break. It's all brought to you by Rod End Supplies featuring the Power Eye Midwest Lightning Sprints. We'll be back with more right here on Mostly Motorsports in a moment. Stay tuned.
1: You're listening to Mostly Motorsports with Scott Trailer. Rod End Supply is involved with a variety of motorsports as well as industrial applications with many different types of products. Since 1989, Rod End Supply has provided superior products priced competitively. Whether you're racing at the circle track or drag strip, rock climbing, or going off-road, Rod End Supply is an assortment of Rodins, radius rods. And specialty products to keep your equipment moving. Rod End Supply's experienced staff is ready and willing to help you with your needs. Their promise is to continue to provide a superior product with superior service so you can stay in front of the field no matter what it is. To learn more, go to RodEndSupply.com. rod and Supply is involved with a variety of motorsports as well as industrial applications with many different types of products. Since 1989, Rod-in Supply has provided superior products priced competitively. Whether you're racing at the circle track or drag strip, rock climbing or going off-road, Rod-in Supply is an assortment of rod ends, radius rods, and specialty products to keep your equipment moving. rod and Supply's experienced staff is ready and willing to help you with your needs. Their promise is to continue to provide a superior product with superior service so you can stay in front of the field no matter what it is. To learn more,
8: go to rodinsupply.com. Rod and Supply is involved with a variety of motorsports as well as
1: industrial applications with many different types of products. Since 1989, Rod and Supply has provided superior products priced competitively. Whether you're racing at the circle track or drag strip, rock climbing, or going off road, Rod and Supply is an assortment of rod ends. radius rods, and specialty products to keep your equipment moving. Rod and Supply's experienced staff is ready and willing to help you with your needs. Their promise is to continue to provide a superior product with superior service so you can stay in front of the field no matter what it is. To learn more,
9: go to rodandsupply.com.
0: You're listening to Mostly Motorsports with Scott Trailer. Welcome back to Mostly Motorsports. I'm
2: Scott Trailer, along with Kirk Elliott. We're the Racing Boys. Todd Surprise, producer extraordinaire, joining us here on the show as well. And uh, we want to welcome the 2023 Lucas Oil Chili Bowl Midget Nationals winner, Logan Seavey, joins us now on the show. Logan, how you doing?
10: I'm doing great, man. Great. Uh, nice to be on here. Thanks for having me.
2: Hey, man, we appreciate you taking the time to join us on the show, man. It, that was a thrilling victory for you at the Chili Bowl, man. That, that That's just as good as it gets, isn't
10: it? Yeah, yeah. It's a dream come true. You know, you never know, uh, you never know if you're going to get a chance to win the race. And, you know, I've been on the pole before and still, uh, you know, still not won. And, um, yeah, it's just a, you know, it takes a perfect week basically to get it done and and luckily we were able to have a pretty dang good week
2: you know at the start of that race on the first uh start of that race Hank Davis got out there on you and and kind of beat you on that start but then they had that yellow come out and then you made up for it on that second restart and got out to the lead talk about that on that first restart um on that first start how Hank Davis got around you a little bit right there
10: yeah, obviously, you know, you want to kind of lead, but um, I wasn't super mad about being in second, um, kind of just like when Cannon passed me, I was, I was kind of fine with being in second and just kind of learning what I needed to do, but but yeah, on that initial start, they had kind of watered the track a bunch and um, soaked it really good, and I was obviously the first one to take off, and it was pretty wet still, and I kind of spun the tires a little bit, and uh, unfortunately, the water is what caused, you know, Spencer Basin to get flipped over, so it's kind of kind of a bad deal you know for him obviously you come here all week to you go to the chili bowl all week to to run the race and and you get upside down because you know the track was still wet when it go green for for the biggest race of the year so that's pretty unfortunate for him but yeah luckily for me I got another try at it and then by then you know the track was gripped up again and and um, yeah you know obviously I I ran into I took it easy into one the first lap because I didn't want to push into the side of Hank because I knew it was really wet right there and uh, second lap, I, I felt a lot better about the racetrack, and I was able to to run pretty hard there for that first lap and, and get to the lead, but um, but yeah, just kind of how the race goes, I guess, right? Like I said, you have to have a perfect week, and everything has to go your way, and uh, it just seemed like the stars were aligning every time we were on the track.
2: I think Hank Davis might have been one of the biggest surprises of the weekend. Would you agree with that, maybe?
10: Yeah, I mean, I've raced with Hank for a while, so for me, I wasn't as surprised as most. Uh, Hank's really good. He can race. He's a good driver. And, um, now that he's in, you know, the Seymour cars are really good. So now that he's in, you know, a, a top flight car, um, you know, I, I expected him to show, um, you know, his ability and, and he did. So that for me, I wasn't super surprised. I, I feel like I've been racing with Hank since I started racing midgets right? and he was always good, always really, really good. And yeah, like I said, now that he got into a car that had, you know, made the feature of the year before and, uh, obviously had speed and and it was just a nice piece. So, um, yeah, I'm happy for Hank, and he obviously did a great job. And kind of, you know, the world kind of found out who Hank Davis was. But I think, yeah, I think a lot of people that have been racing midgets to at least for a little bit around the power I've have raced with him and knows that he's, you know, a really good race car driver. Yep, no doubt.
4: Hey, uh, the, the name Swindell is synonymous with the Chili Bowl. They had, you know, five wins by Sammy and four by Kevin. How big was it to get Swindell back to victory circle at the Chili Bowl?
10: Yeah, it was awesome. You know, like everyone was saying, it's obviously, obviously been a while since you know Escondela's been in Victory Lane there, and um, yeah, to to go back there with Kevin again this year, and um, you know, for him to build his own car and, and to win on the first try is pretty, pretty unbelievable. You know, it's pretty unheard of. All these guys race midgets year round, and and then they show up and win. You know, obviously Tanner kind of did his own thing, but he's he's used to racing midgets and knowing what the car needs and stuff like that. But, um, yeah, Kevin's never really built a midget before and that was the first try and, um, yeah, to show up at that race with, you know, 360 cars or whatever. And, and, you know, to win is pretty, pretty remarkable.
2: Yeah. What, what did Kevin have to say to you after that win?
10: Uh, he didn't have to say much. I knew how much it meant to him and, Uh, you know, to their whole family as a whole and to our whole team. So he didn't have to say much. He just said, you know, whatever. You know, he said I ran a great race and, uh, you know, managed the race well, which coming from Kevin obviously means a lot for a guy that is so good there. That means a lot to me. But, um, yeah, that's just how how racing is, right? Your car's obviously got to be good, and then then you got to put a good race together. And uh, he was pretty much just complimenting me on on the race I ran. And, um, you know, obviously I could just see it in his face. uh, He's not a very – Emotional guy, but he was pretty pumped up there Saturday night. and um, Yeah, it's pretty pretty big for everybody involved. Yeah. Uh, let me
2: ask you this. When
10: you were uh,
2: kind of running in, in second place there for just a moment, how did you feel at that time? Did you feel like that you, you know, I think you took the lead with 25 to go back to the lead. Tell us yep. what you thought about when you were running second there for a little bit.
10: Yeah. I, I honestly felt fine. You know, there was, there was like three or four laps or the whole time I was leading, I knew that they were right behind me and I wasn't, I wasn't super great those first few laps. Um, I knew I kind of had to change some stuff up and figure it out. And, um, once he went by me, I was actually, you know, I was fine. I was, I was not say I was happy, but it was, it's good to, you know, get somebody else in front of you and, and try to figure out where you need to move around. You know, it's really hard to move when you're leading and, um, Able to move around, finally get to second. It uh, was huge, kind of hold on to second. Obviously, Thorson was right there and he was fast. But uh, getting to the lead before Tanner did was probably the the game winning, you know, the race winning move there. Um, if he had got to the lead before us, uh, we probably would have been in trouble. But but yeah, getting to the lead first was huge for us. Um, but yeah, I wasn't worried at all when Ken went by. You know, obviously, I knew it was only lap, you know, fifteen or twenty when he passed twenty, I think, around there when he passed us and. Um, yeah, there was no no worries. I think it's a little bit of an advantage at times, especially that early in the race. There was three or four laps where he got away from me, and I was getting getting a little worried. But then I kind of went to work a little bit and found a better line and got my car tuned in a little bit better. And um, yeah, I, I felt uh, I felt fine the whole race. I was never nervous. I never felt like uh, you know we were out of it, and, and we kept uh, kept digging. And yeah, we were able to you know run it back down there a few laps later and go by him. Yeah. Um, O'Tanner Tanner
2: was putting the pressure on you there at the end of that race.
10: Yeah. Yeah. He was, uh, he was good. I know he, he can run the bottom, you know, pretty much better than anybody in midgets. I feel like he can, he can run really hard and, and kind of keep his car speed up and, um, uh, he kind of makes his own grip at times. And, um, yeah, I knew, He kept showing his nose and kept you know getting closer and closer and closer there in three and four at least you know we were kind of staying even through one and two but it looked like the bottom was gripping up more and more and every time I'd see him I'd see more of his car and um, yeah then I went to the bottom and I really honestly thought it was rubbered up down there because I was running the top really hard and um, he was still gaining on me so I kind of went down there and I missed it a little bit and he about went by me but you know luckily we were able to just hold on enough to where um, you know, we were able to stay in front of them. And then after that, we're just, you know, plugging away, hitting the bottom.
2: It seemed like at one point during the race that you were running the middle down there in one and two. talk about that a little bit. Was it good right there, there through the middle?
10: Yeah, it was really good. You know, I think there was a few guys that could do it well after looking at, you know, watching it back. Uh, Kyle Jones was really successful in the middle and, uh, Tanner was actually running the middle in three and four even. So. Um, yeah, it was a little bit different. It seemed like the bottom was just so, so slow and so hard to get around that, um, you know, we were kind of k- able just to keep our speed up in the middle, and um, I felt way worse when I went to the bottom, but I knew that's kind of where Tanner was, and uh, if I could just get in front of him, you know, it'd be really hard to get around us, so, uh, yeah, I actually felt better in the middle than I did at the bottom. I just didn't, I just knew Tanner was all the way on the bottom. I I figured, um, you know, make him work a little harder for it and not let him just cruise on by on the bottom, so... Yeah, I uh, kind of got down in front of him, and um, you know, like I said, at least tried to make it harder on him because I I felt worse down there. But um, yeah, you just kind of got to put your car in the right places at times.
2: Man, it ripped that right rear tire off, didn't it? I mean, there was no tread left on that right rear tire.
10: Yeah, after after the uh, whole shuffle, I was I was pretty nervous. We heard a tire pretty bad just in those four laps. Um, I didn't think anybody was going to make it on tire. I was debating on putting a harder tire on and, uh, doing some weird stuff just cause I didn't think, I didn't even think anybody would make the race on their tire. You know, it's pretty, pretty odd scenario there for us. But, um, yeah, luckily I know everyone, I knew everyone was in the same boat and leading, you're able to kind of conserve a little bit. Um, you can kind of feel when the pressure starts coming on in the building and, um, yeah, leading, you can, you can conserve a little bit, I feel like, and, um, yeah, my tire was. I mean, it wasn't great. It was obviously hurt pretty bad, but um, but yeah, overall the tire wear this year was was way worse than normal. Uh,
2: what lap did you start feeling the rubber?
10: Um, honestly, not till late. I kept smelling it, but I never, I never. Every time I went to the bottom, I felt like I got worse and worse. So I kind of stayed up on the top till I think I didn't move down till like six to go or so, mm-hmm. and I think. Uh, The very next lap is when i really felt it so i would say anywhere from six five or six to go is when it really started getting a lot of grip it might have gotten clean and started to get abrasive before then but i don't think it actually took real rubber until maybe six five six seven laps to go
4: yep no doubt did they have you on different
10: tires this year than they have in the past no so they tried to change the rule and everyone you know obviously everyone still had a lot of surplus from the years past so they wanted to at least run one more year cuz after that after this year there's really nowhere to, nowhere to put those tires nowhere to nowhere to run them and nobody around the states races on those tires so um they're trying to get you know at least get rid of what we have for now and um yeah it was pretty tight tight uh you know supply for everybody you know we only had a couple obviously Kevin was a brand new team so he didn't have any old tires laying around from years past, like some other guys might. But um, you know, we were able to make it work. It, it, it's
2: good news for you. You're going to be running full time with the uh, USAC midgets this year. Talk about that a little bit.
10: Yeah, yeah. Anytime you could, you know, run a full season and a full schedule, it's it's great. And um, yeah, I just got hooked up with Abacus Racing this year. Start raced for them out west last year at the end of the season, and. Um, You know, just a great team. People I've worked with in the past, you know, grew up racing with uh, Johnny Cofer and uh, Kirk Simpson with them just around the races. Never really necessarily worked with them, but um, know them pretty well just from racing in California and, um, you know, just good friends. So it's going to be a a fun year. We had some um, pretty good success out west with them. And, um, yeah, just nice race cars and good people. And uh, that's kind of who you want to put yourself racing with.
2: Do, do you think this opportunity came about because you went in the Chili Bowl? Uh,
10: it didn't, certainly didn't help, but we had kind of already gotten most of our plans figured out before then. Like I said, I'd raced out west for them, and um, we had success, and I didn't really know if I was going to race much this year, and uh, they kind of talked me into it. And um, Yeah, like I said, I just have fun racing with them. And But yeah, overall, I don't think the Chili Bowl had much effect. I think if I ran last in the chili bowl i still would have been racing with them this year but um but yeah obviously it, it helps the morale for sure you still going
4: to hook up with kevin uh, next year's chili bowl
10: uh, we all haven't came up with plans yet but yeah i'm sure you know obviously i i've raced with them this, th- that, this is year four for us and um you know like i said we still early to make any plans for next year lots lots of things can happen in between now and then but but uh yeah obviously if i win the race. I really like racing with Kevin. we won the race. So I've got no reason to no reason to go <laughs> anywhere else. And yeah, I think I think he obviously has you know the best car in the building and uh yeah, obviously if he if he wants me back I'm sure I'll be back. And you got a full time gig in the non
4: wing sprints with two B racing.
10: Yeah, yeah. Just got a a pretty last minute deal there with them and Scott Bennick and uh Derek Claxton and yeah I'm excited with excited to go racing with them guys. I've raced with Derek before and um you know we've had pretty good success i won some sprint week races with him and um his cars are just fast and comfortable for me and I'm, you know, i just know what i'm getting into when i when i get going and then yeah scott's been around racing for a long time and and builds really nice race cars and we got a great sponsor with uh you know kevin newton and honest Day roofing that kind of puts it all together for us so yeah i think overall it's a it's a great um you know product and i think we're gonna have a good good season
2: you're going to be doing some uh, non-wing sprint car racing this year as well, huh?
10: That's it.
4: Yeah. with two? Yeah, yeah.
10: That's what. That's what two B Scott Benick, the Benick Enterprise car. Yeah, no doubt. Um, man, t- t- t-
2: let me ask you this: Is that driller at your house or is it at Kevin's house? Did uh, did he allow you to keep the driller?
10: So, uh, luckily with Chili Bowl, they give you two. So. Uh-huh. um uh-huh. Yeah, so luckily I got one, and then I got the one I, that we had on stage and all that. And then uh, when you go, I, I believe when you go get your check and all that, they uh, they give the owners another driller. And then we have another, our team owner technically is uh, Tim Bertrand, and then they sent him a driller as well, or they're working on getting him a driller. So, yeah, there's kind of a partnership between Tim Bertrand and Kevin Swindell, uh, are, are both team owners of the team, so so really we needed three drillers this year but yeah luckily i got mine kevin has his and i think they're getting one sent over to to bertrand all right
3: uh,
2: is that the biggest win of your career obviously
10: yeah yeah absolutely and and most likely always will be so um yeah that's pretty pretty cool that yeah.
4: turkey night when you had a couple of years ago that was big too wasn't it?
10: yeah turkey night's a pretty close second for me chili bowl is bigger but uh, yeah, being a California guy and racing for a California team when we won, that makes it even cooler, you know, it's just like winning the Chili Bowl for the Swindells, you know, it's a it's a big race for them, and um, yeah, T- Tom Malloy was over the moon about winning that race, and I know Jerome Rodella was too, and like I said, it was kind of an all-California team taking on, you know, the USAC tour, and then to go out west, and and to win the biggest biggest race of the U.S.A.C. season is was pretty unreal.
4: And one other win too. You won one of the non-wing uh, races down at the Jesse Hockett Daniel McMillan Memorial one year. I remember that. I don't know how big
10: you think that is, but I thought it was
4: big.
2: That's a pretty big win for us here.
10: <clears throat> yeah, yeah, no, for sure. I ran. That was like one of my first non-wing races too. I ran with with Zach Dom in 2017, and we went down there and, and won the Hockett. was was awesome for us. So yeah, that was also a last minute deal i was headed to the airport and uh jeff taylor called me and asked if i wanted to run the hocket with zach dom and of course i said yes and we went and won the race it was, it was pretty crazy i think i'd only had one non-wing start before then and uh, we went down there and won the hocket.
2: jeff taylor man he's such a great guy isn't he
10: yeah jeff helped me out a lot he uh was the first you know first guy that uh let me run let me run midgets and you know he's kind of Obviously, anybody that's helped me is kind of the reason I'm here. But he was a, a huge, uh, huge part of getting me to where I'm at. So, uh, your next uh,
4: time we're going to see you in a race car is it at Valuia with the non-wing car?
10: Yep, yeah, that's the plan. We're going to head down there in a couple of weeks with the with the two B Enterprise car and uh, go try to take on Valuia and and go race start the ESE season down there. Yeah, don't you think
2: that uh, open wheel racing right now is in a great place? right now wouldn't you say between midgets and non-wing sprint cars silver crown cars that um and not only that wing sprint car racing is is making a comeback as well 410 sprint cars are you going to be driving any 410 cars this year
10: uh i don't have any plans yet at the moment to do any wing stuff but yeah i think uh i think dirt racing in general is in the best state it's ever been in probably um maybe next to Maybe next to the late nineties or so, but uh yeah, I feel like in the last twenty five years this is as good of a position as it's ever been in with you know flow and dirt vision and everybody that's you know broadcasting basically every race is you know somewhere between MaV and flow and dirt vision, and um you know there's a million million different people that do it, but there's so many big ones now that kind of get all the all the big races on you know streaming devices or something online and uh people are people are taking notice and yeah, I think, I think overall we're in, in the best position we've ever been in as, as drivers and, and teams and, and whatnot. So, um, yeah, I'm excited for the future.
2: You know, for us, uh, we did the chili bowl broadcast for 16 years here at racing boys. And to be honest with you, all these major players that are in here, like dirt vision, flow speed sport, they've kind of driven out us little guys a little bit. And, uh, it, it, it I'm not going to say it, but I know my partner, Kirk Elliott here, he was tired of doing these broadcasts. It's so stressful to do these broadcasts. People don't realize how stressful doing these major broadcasts, like the Chili Bowl Midget Nationals, how how stressful it is.
4: Yeah, well, these big players are uh, making it work for everybody. I think the race fan is a real winner, don't you think, Logan? Uh, the, The amount of money that it, Takes to like purchase the flow broadcast, but look how many races you get, you get for over that twenty five hundred yeah. races. Right, the fan is a real winner of all this, are they not?
10: No doubt. Yeah, yeah, I agree for sure. You know, like obviously, I'm a I'm a fan as well, and I you know uh, subscribed to all the all the broadcast sure. and services, and um, yeah, it's just it's just unbelievable. You know, I remember not it was just a few years ago there'd only be a few races a year broadcast, and you know everything was pay per view and um, it was tough to get sometimes, and sometimes you couldn't get it or whatever else. And now you just you just sit down on any random, you know, it could be a Wednesday, and you turn on your TV, and there's five different races to choose from all across the world. And um, yeah, I feel like I feel like there's no shortage of races to watch these days. And yeah, as a fan, it's unbelievably cheap compared to you know going out to all these races separately and doing all this stuff or traveling or whatnot so yeah they got the wherewithal um, to
4: do the they got the wherewithal to really do a good
10: right production
4: no hey uh what about uh you're pretty good in a silver crown car too what are your plans there
10: yeah i'm going to do the same same old deal with with robbie rice we're going to do the full season again with all the pavement and all the dirt races and um yeah i feel like our our dirt car has been unbelievably fast the last two years we've been winning races in that and and then our pavement cars gotten a lot better. We've been, you know, at least running up front the last year and had a couple of podiums and top fives and whatnot. So um, I'm excited about that. That's probably the series I look forward to the most every year. And, um, yeah, I feel like we, you know, we had a shot to win the championship last year and blew up at the last race. But, um, yeah, I feel like every year we get better and better and better. So hopefully, hopefully this year we can lock it up. Before we let you go, I, I got to ask you, are you going to run any extreme races this year? Uh, I haven't sat down and worked out my schedule yet, but, um, yeah, my plan right now is to run all three USAC series. And then, you know, obviously if there's any races that that make sense on my schedule to, to go run some extreme edge races, I, I would, but, uh, at the moment, I don't really have a plan. Right. All right, Logan, man, we really
2: appreciate you taking the time to join us here on mostly Motorsports. We can't thank you enough for doing so. We appreciate it. Good luck to you this winter or this summer. And, uh, we hope that you win a lot of races this year, bud.
10: Sounds good. Thanks for having me
4: on, guys. All right. Thank you, Logan. Congratulations.
2: There you have it, Logan. C V joining us here on Mostly Motorsports. We're going to take a break. When we come back, more of Mostly Motorsports. It's all brought to you by Rod In Supply, featuring the Power Eye Midwest Lightning Sprints. We'll be right back. Stay tuned.
0: You're listening to Mostly Motorsports
1: with Scott Trailer rod and Supply is involved with a variety of motorsports as well as industrial applications with many different types of products. Since 1989, Rod-in Supply has provided superior products priced competitively. Whether you're racing at the circle track or drag strip, rock climbing or going off-road, Rod-in Supply is an assortment of rod ends, radius rods, and specialty products to keep your equipment moving. rod and Supply's experienced staff is ready and willing to help you with your needs. Their promise is to continue to provide a superior product with superior service so you can stay in front of the field no matter what it is. To learn more, go to rodinsupply.com.
7: rod and
1: Supply is involved with a variety of motorsports as well as industrial applications with many different types of products. Since 1989, rod end Supply has provided superior products priced competitively. Whether you're racing at the circle track or drag strip, rock climbing, or going off-road, Rod-in Supply is an assortment of rod ends. radius rods, and specialty products to keep your equipment moving. rod and Supply's experienced staff is ready and willing to help you with your needs. Their promise is to continue to provide a superior product with superior service so you can stay in front of the field no matter
8: what it is. To learn more, go to rodinsupply.com. rod and Supply
1: is involved with a variety of motorsports as well as industrial applications with many different types of products. Since 1989, Rod-in Supply has provided superior products priced competitively. Whether you're racing at the circle track or drag strip, rock climbing or going off-road, Rod-in Supply is an assortment of rod ends. radius rods, and specialty products to keep your equipment moving. rod and Supply's experienced staff is ready and willing to help you with your needs. Their promise is to continue to provide a superior product with superior service so you can stay in front of the field no matter what it is. To learn more, go to rodinsupply.com.
0: You're listening to Mostly Motorsports with Scott Trailer.
3: It's
2: Mostly Motorsports with the Racing Boys and Todd Surprise, Kirk. Um, they've put out a press release about Ashton's uh, arm restraint loop.
4: It was a uh, it was a posting from Torgerson Racing
2: mm-hmm. on
4: their Facebook page. Do you and want to
2: read it word for
4: word? L- let's just read it. And I, it's hard for me to draw any conclusions from this, since uh, you know I I think I would want to rely on an independent investigation of exactly what happened here. Mm-hmm. But this is from Torgerson Racing's point of view from that. Incident that happened with Ashton, 16-year-old driver, who got thrown from the race car when his car flipped Wednesday night during the Chili Bowl.
2: And was thrown from his race car. Thrown
4: from the race car and miraculously recovered fully to return to the venue on Saturday and greet fans. And seems he's going to be A remarkable story for
2: somebody to get thrown out of a race car and survive.
4: It is a miracle. Yeah. And anyway, I'll, let me read this post that they posted on their Facebook page. This is from Torgerson Racing. They put it up there about three days ago. After a lengthy discussion with several different knowledgeable people, the only plausible conclusion we all agreed on was the belt's Velcro cover wasn't Velcroed, exposing the latch. Once the car began flipping, it is believed the impact from the first rotation caused Ashton's arm restraint loop on his race suit to catch and release the latch. He was not wearing arm restraints. Seems to be the result of a freak accident scenario where unfortunately all the stars aligned. If you're not running with arm restraints, we suggest taping the loops down to prevent them from catching on anything. We know there was no belt failure. Belts are valid until December 31st, 2024, and we know he was properly latched in at the beginning of the incident. Thankfully, Ashton is recovering very well. He has another follow-up appointment next week, and we are all hopeful that he will be back on the track in mid-February or early March. While we can't say thank you enough for the unimaginable amount of support and prayers, but we are ready to close this chapter and move on looking forward to a successful 2023 schedule and where we will look to compete weekly in multiple states in either the 360 Sprint Cars or the Micros. Hopes to see you at the racetrack near you. So there you go. That's from Torgerson Racing posted on their Facebook page three days ago. What do you make of that,
2: mm. Scott? I don't know. I, 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 I have to kind of question that a little bit, a little bit, me personally. They've got
4: pictures on this Facebook page, right. too, of uh, the Velcro, the uh, the dates, uh, December 24th on the belts. Uh, so anyway, it whatever the reason, <laughs> it just can't happen again. Right. That cannot happen, Scott, Right, where seatbelts come loose and drivers go flying out of race cars. So uh, everybody better be looking at all of their safety equipment. To me, this is a wake-up call for everybody, and right. lots of lessons should be learned from this. But whatever, if this was the reason it happened, then it can't happen again. Right. That's, that's my answer.
2: So, Mike, he chimed in here. He said, man, Scott, you either need to take more of that brain medication Joe Rogan talks about or you need to take less of it. I don't know what that means.
4: Now, what's he referred to?
2: Just, just so you know, I haven't been taking that medicine. Um, just for, for my friends that know privately that I have a thyroid problem. And that I've been taking this Tepeza, and it it it's a uh, a treatment where they put it in your vein and you do a drip, and it drives up your blood pressure when you take it. And um, I've been fighting some high blood pressure problems here lately.
4: Well, that's not good.
2: You you've known this for a while, haven't you, Kurt?
4: Yeah, just take care of yourself, my yeah. friend.
2: It, 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 just so you know, um, my left eye was starting to bulge a little bit. And so I went to a specialist and the specialist said that you need to be on this topeza. I don't know if you've ever seen the girl the commercial with the girl that has the big sunglasses on and and she takes off sunglasses and she's got another pair of sunglasses on. So I'm taking that medicine right now. And I I can't take the Joe Rogan stuff because this Tepeza drives up your blood pressure.
4: Now I don't I don't quite follow
2: what and, is Joe Rogan. And doing? let me tell you, yesterday during that football game, my blood pressure was one seventy six over hundred and five. Yesterday, that game had me worked up yesterday.
4: Wow. Yeah. <laughs> man, oh man, that's scary, Scott. That's what I said.
5: Check on all your friends. Let
2: me tell you, I went in there and when I, when I saw that it was up that high. I went in there and took another blood pressure pill. Wow. my, my blood pressure, the the ult, the highest it's ever been, was two thirty six over one thirty seven.
4: That's that's dangerously high.
2: That was really high.
4: I don't know. I yeah. Uh... I take blood pressure medication myself. Had I taken my own blood pressure yesterday during that game, I'm sure it would have been elevated <laughs> as well. But I didn't take my blood pressure at that time. But I could feel the stress and the tense uh, of it all. right? No doubt. No doubt about it.:
1: Yeah.
4: You think you were stressed out yesterday?
2: <laughs> Todd? Just a, a little ask, bit. You, ask think, the dog. you think your blood pressure was up a little?
1: Ask
5: the dog in the house <laughs> and everybody
4: was worked up.
5: anytime the dog anytime i yell or bang on the bang on the desk dog dive under the under the pillow or under the blanket so yeah right i think maybe we we have a rescue dog i think maybe she might have came from a house where somebody yelled a lot because if i yell you <laughs>
2: rescued your dog didn't uh-huh, you yeah yeah, yeah.
5: yeah. so at yeah, at um waste i can't remember not waste i waste but um
2: Oh, Bristol's not down here today. She was
5: here just a second ago. She ran back up. You know, she Deidre, was here since, earlier. Since Deidre works out of the house, yeah. she hears. She, you know, dogs have good hearing. Listen, so that dog loves Deidre. So as soon as she hears Deidre walk by the top of the steps, off she goes again. So when
4: I walked in, Bristol ran down the stairs. That
5: dog loves Kirk
4: Elliott. She was
5: she was being a puppy this morning, she, around. She
4: the, got scared when you walked in, Todd.
5: Well, she got that playful. Let's do she something. smells your dog, barking. I think. Yeah, she knows I got a dog. As yeah, yeah. soon as I walk in, she's like, something's up.
4: So, yeah, it's... So, anyway, what I mean, your thoughts about yeah, the, the, the reasons why the belts came unloose. loose? Uh, what do you think about that?
2: I don't know what to think about it, to be honest with you. I'm just saying that I, I don't know if that can happen or not, to be honest with you.
4: Well, if that's a flaw in the design of everything, then that totally needs to we be We know reversed.
2: Austin had a problem one time up there at US-36, remember?
4: I don't recall that. Yeah, when he, me. when he
2: flipped up there and he tore up his race car one time, um, his arm restraint Got hooked on something in there. Huh. Yeah. You need to have arm restraints, though.
4: Yeah. I mean, we just did, we just need to about evo- Everybody needs to evaluate everything they're doing. Mm-hmm. And don't take anything for granted. And use this experience as a wake-up call to just take a look at everything you're doing with the safety equipment in these race cars. Yeah. We... We certainly can't have that happen again.
2: No doubt about it.
4: I never thought I would see it in my lifetime, a driver being ejected from a race car, and I hope that's the last time that I ever see that.
2: It wasn't the worst wreck you've ever seen,
4: though. No. The Oskaloosa. Keith Hutton. 2003, Keith Hutton. That was that the- was the worst incident I ever watched.
2: Mm-hmm.
4: And they didn't have to announce to the crowd that we had witnessed a fatality we already knew it yeah the other bad wreck that I saw and the driver survived was Jeff Bodine in the truck incident down at Daytona that was a scary one yeah I was sitting in the upper deck at Daytona and you could feel the heat coming off the fire when he went up into the fencing and there was nothing left of that truck and I had my Binoculars. You thought you thought driver, you saw a fatality, right there? I then. thought I saw a fatality, but then when they had Jeff Bodine on the stretcher and he raised his arm up, I thought that now that's a miracle. That
2: beat him up pretty bad, though. Yeah, yeah.
4: But that was as frightening a crash as I've ever witnessed. Mm-hmm.
2: All right, we're going to take a break. When we come back, more mostly motorsports. We're going to talk a little bit about late model racing. What was going on down there at Golden Isles? And uh, a little bit about what was going on at uh, Bubba and uh, Brody Roa. He, he picks up a couple wins over there at Coca Cola Speedway. Ryan Timms, he dominated that USCS race at uh, Volusia. We'll talk about that and more right here on Most of the Motorsports. It's all brought to you by Rod In Supply. We'll be right back in a moment. Stay tuned.
1: You're listening to Mostly Motorsports with Scott Trailer. Rod and Supply is involved with a variety of motorsports as well as industrial applications with many different types of products. Since 1989, Rod End Supply has provided superior products priced competitively. Whether you're racing at the circle track or drag strip, rock climbing or going off-road, Rod End Supply is an assortment of Rod Ends, radius rods, and specialty products to keep your equipment moving. Rod and Supply's experienced staff is ready and willing to help you with your needs. Their promise is to continue to provide a superior product with superior service so you can stay in front of the field no matter what it is. To learn more, go to Supply.com. rod and Supply is involved with a variety of motorsports as well as industrial applications with many different types of products. Since 1989, rod and Supply has provided superior products priced competitively. Whether you're racing at the circle track or drag strip, rock climbing or going off-road, Rod-in Supply is an assortment of Rodins, radius rods, and specialty products to keep your equipment moving. rod and Supply's experienced staff is ready and willing to help you with your needs. Their promise is to continue to provide a superior product with superior service so you can stay in front of the field no matter what it is. To learn more, go to
8: rodinsupply.com. rod and Supply is involved with a variety of motorsports as well as industrial
1: applications with many different types of products. Since 1989, rod and Supply has provided superior products priced competitively. Whether you're racing at the circle track or drag strip, rock climbing or going off-road, Rod-in Supply is an assortment of rod ends, radius rods, and specialty products to keep your equipment moving. rod and Supply's experienced staff is ready and willing to help you with your needs. Their promise is to continue to provide a superior product with superior service so you can stay in front of the field no matter what it is. To learn more, go to
9: rodinsupply.com.
0: You're listening to Mostly Motorsports with Scott Trailer.
2: Welcome back. It's Mostly Motorsports. It's brought to you by Rod In Supply, featuring the Power Eye Midwest Lightning Sprints. Where are they racing? Uh, what's their first race, Kirk? Power Eye Midwest Lightning Sprints.
4: Uh, it be April 29th at Central Missouri Speedway. So
2: you went down to their banquet this weekend, didn't you? I
4: did. Went down to the Pub 13 located on the grounds of Central Missouri Speedway. Saw Earl and Susan down there. They had a big crowd inside the Pub 13. How is the food there? Excellent. Earl, listen. Excellent food.
2: As many times as Earl and I have not agreed on things over the years, Earl's a smart man he's not a dummy.
4: Well, they've got something going on down there right now, that's for sure. I'd like to go down there and have some food. Yeah, I would highly recommend it. Right. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's quite an establishment. Anyway, they had the uh, presentation, met uh, chastity Younger, the newly crowned champion for the Power Eye Midwest Lightning Sprint League, and her family, her parents, nice nice folks, and, and uh, awards handed out, and had a good time down here the other night, right?
2: Somebody always calls me during the show.
4: They don't know you're on.
2: They don't know we're on.
4: Uh, but anyway, it's uh, my, that's first banquet I've been to for a long time. Right. Hey, uh, Kirk um, Brandon Overton,
2: he picked up the win down at Golden Isle Speedway on Thursday night.
4: Man, what a thrilling finish that was! Looks was... like. Uh, Ricky Thornton Jr. was going to pick up his first win on Saturday night, but Brandon Overton had other ideas. He comes off the fourth turn and nips RTJ at the wire to win a most just, exciting Just race. by a fraction. Yeah, $25,000 right. to uh, Brandon Overton and uh, able to pick up the win, but Ricky Thornton Jr. comes back last night at Bubba Raceway Park and finally breaks through with the win. He's been running up front in all these races. He just broke through with his first win last night, but Ricky Thornton Jr. has run strong in all of these races so far. Right. Uh, Kyle Larson on Friday
2: night, he ended up passing Ricky Thornton Jr., on lap 48 to pick up the win down there that at That was
4: about as good a race as you'll ever see. Three right. cars battling it out. You had Larson, you had Ricky Thornton Jr., and you had Brandon Overton battling through lap traffic. And Larson was able to put the car up on the high side and make it work up there and uh, pulled off the big win. he couldn't come back for Saturday night because they had, a, I think, an anniversary party for Rick and Linda Hendrick he had to attend. Mm-hmm. So uh, I would expect Larson to be the anniversary, wasn't it? Yeah. Or
2: something like that.
4: I would expect Larson to be back in the sixth car, maybe at all tech speedway, be my guess. Mm-hmm. Might be there Bubba tonight. I don't know. And then uh, Overton, he nips
2: uh um Thornton. Uh I guess that was on Saturday night. Yeah, that
4: was the Saturday night race we're talking about. What'd you
2: think about that race? Yeah,
4: that that was the worry beat him coming right at the checkered flight. Right, right, right at the line, right at the line. Good crowd on Saturday night, too. They had uh, I thought the crowd was a little bit light on Thursday night. It was a little bit better Friday, but they had a good crowd there Mm -hmm. on Saturday night at the uh, Golden Isle Speedway. Kirk, let's talk a a little bit about. um,
2: You know, you and I were talking about this the other day. And USMTS. It's going to run three-day shows now.
4: What do you think about that? It's great for the racers. You know, anytime you can – and I think it's going to pull – Not have to travel. Yeah, not have to travel. And I think, uh, you know, trying to organize the schedule to where these guys don't have to put so many miles on their haulers, I think it's going to attract a lot of bigger-name stars. They're going to put out more money for these events. And I think from a practicality standpoint for the racers and the attraction for the race fan, I, mm-hmm. uh, I think it's a good idea. My only reservation about this, it's going to be real challenging for these track operators to fill those grandstands for all three nights of these events when they come into town. That's, yep. that's going to be really tough to do.
2: T- Tammy chimed in. She said, that race that Larson won was
4: outstanding. Almost yeah. made me a fan of fender racing. That was one of the best late model races that you'll ever see. Right. That Larson won on Friday night. We saw one down, I think the finale at the Wild West shootout was almost as good. hmm So, uh, dirt late model racing so far, and well-prepped racetracks, I might add, at both Votto and and the uh, Golden Isle Speedway uh, contributed to uh, seeing some Look, some really good dirt late model racing. Let me get back to 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 my point
2: about these three day races. I'm not sure that that is a good business decision, to be honest with you, because as you know, Kirk, when you go to a three day show, we watched we watched races the other night, right? And there was
4: nobody in the grandstands on the yeah. first two days. Am I wrong on that? Right. I mean, it was it was light in the at the front gate, but I think they're trying to make it up at the back gate. They had three or four different uh, support divisions, so uh, whatever you're missing at the front gate, obviously they're trying to make it up at the back gate.
2: I wonder how much they. Uh, wonder how much a a, a pit pass is for the back gate.
4: I don't know. Have they any don't, idea? Don't advertise that. I'm guessing 25-30 bucks.
2: Yeah. Tammy says very tough to
4: get fans for the Thursday night races, yeah. especially before school lets out. Oh yeah. This yeah. time of the year especially in January. And you know, the other thing about Golden Isle Speedway, it was really cold. I mean, they had temperatures down in the 30s. Yeah. So you're not going to see just your average race fan go out on a cold night in the middle of January when it's 30 degrees. You know, it's too cold. Saturday night was the best night weather-wise they had down there the whole weekend. It was in the 50s, so it was quite a bit warmer on Saturday night, and thus the crowd was bigger. You know, Kirk, uh, uh,
2: I'm just going to say it. I don't think this is a good idea. I think Todd Staley and some of the racetrack promoters that are going to be promoting some of these three-day shows, I think they're going to lose their ass.
4: Well, I, you know, we'll see. that It's a pretty hefty purse they're putting out.
2: A lot of money on the
4: line. And I don't know what the video revenue has, uh, you know, how that contributes to the overall revenue that they bring in. Mm-hmm. I don't know that. Uh, but the, I know the purse, purses are up. And it it does attract bigger name drivers to come to these events.
2: Let let me ask you this, Kirk. Do you think that people are going to show up on a Thursday or a Friday night? Here's the thing about race fans. Race fans are blue-collar people, right? They're working people. And I'm not sure that... The blue-collar fan can afford to go three nights in a row.
4: Well, yeah. I mean, I don't know what the grandstand admission is to these events. I mean, if it was a reasonably priced uh, grandstand ticket for Thursday, Friday, uh, Saturday, so Saturday would be What more. would be a reasonable price
2: for I a know. grandstand ticket? To, in, in order to get the fans to come on a Thursday or a Friday night and not just come on a Saturday night, what would be the – the price for a ticket that would get fans to maybe go to the races well, on I, on a Thursday, Friday.
4: I don't know. you but, uh,
5: better, you better. What
2: do you think, Todd? Well,
5: if you're going to do something like that, you're going to have. You know as well as I do. Like she said, the, the Thursday is going to be your hard night, right? Right. So Thursday night, you offer a, a way cheaper ticket. Ten bucks it has to be cheap and an uh, incentive. I think
2: Twelve fifteen dollars
5: and an incentive. If you bring that ticket back, you tomorrow night's right I mean, I there's got to be an incentive for me to show up all three nights. When I go to a baseball tournament for my son, I still have to pay. We pay thousands of dollars for him to play baseball, but you still right. have to pay at these tournaments. I can pay a single day price, or I can pay for the whole weekend.
4: Mm-hmm. That would be the thing. right That's there. what you
5: have to. You have to be able to do this. This Thursday package ticket has to be able. If you buy that ticket, that has to give you something in order you know you pay a little more for Thursday and you get Friday and Saturday as well but if you buy single standalone tickets i don't know i mean i'm like you scott halfway through the year they might be rethinking this business model
4: well i think uh, i think you hit on it uh, todd have a 3 day package grandstand ticket exactly at a at a, at a really good price, and you get to go to all three nights. Because you're going to get on more food,
5: sales, T-shirt yeah. sales, right, beer right, sales. Right. All that's going to get more sales. Rick
4: said um,
2: Short Track Nationals a few years back was Thursday through th- through Saturday, and I remember paying $65. Amazing deal. So yeah. if, if you were... Exactly. But hold on a second. If you're a family of
5: four... And that's another thing. We're ta-
4: Sixty-five dollars
5: can't be per done per person. Can't be done. That's a
4: lot of money. I'd, I'd let kids twelve and under in free.
5: Absolutely. If you're Always. bringing a, if you're bringing a parent, Always. if you're bringing a parent, if you're bringing two paid parents, right? You should. You,
2: uh, that's one hundred and thirty dollars.
5: Yeah. So I'm like, you know
2: what? Those kids buy food too. They
5: buy more food than parents do.
2: But how, <laughs> but uh, but uh, when when you bring in the the kids. He'd, that's just more expense. It is right because now you're going to have to feed them dinner. And that's
5: right. So that there has feed to be them an, pops, pretzels, has to be popcorn, an, an incentive to have that three day package yeah. with your kids because that's a high dollar ticket for three dollars every night. But here's what I do know: that allows you, if you can't be there because you do you have something going on on Friday night, but you're like, man, Thursday night I do not have anything going on. I will come by there Thursday and then Saturday. I don't right. mind buying that ticket. You know what I'm saying? I can see where they could pick up some more uh, perspective people that would not be able to show up on that Thursday. They'd be like, well, heck, the event's here Thursday through Saturday. I'll go Thursday and Saturday because Friday we've got that wedding we have to go to or reception we have to. You right. know, I can just see maybe that. But right. like you, how, how much more is that going to bring in? Um, I'd like to see after four or five weeks what they have to say. You're looking at the first of the schedule is. You're looking at March 2nd through the 4th down in Petty, Texas. So by the time you're in, in, you've got four, I mean, you're already in April and May by the time you're you're fourth Speedway. Right. (laughs) I mean, you've moved a whole month into the.
4: But if you go to different markets and different places. Yeah. Uh, you know, where you get different fan bases, right? then that might work. But I don't think you can repeat that at any one racetrack more than once or twice a year. Yeah. Right. No doubt. I'd be inter- right. I'm
5: going to be interesting to see how this works out for everybody. Like you said, we don't know what these back gates, because we know, you know as well as I do, the back gates is, yeah. there's a lot of people buying pit passes. But if you nowadays. notice that
4: event down there at Golden well, Isle. Isle Speedway, they had like three or four uh, support divisions. So they had a lot of people in the pit area. Right. And yep. so they were drawing a, a good amount of that revenue out of the back gate. Um, Tammy
2: says 15 to $20 maximum. Maybe have access to the pits during the night as an incentive.
5: Absolutely. They
4: have got to. And, and I'm glad you brought that up, too, because one of the great things about the NHRA is, yes. is you can go right into the pits and get up close to the race cars.
5: Close as you want. The, 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 do you charge a little bit ticket. more
4: to, to do that? I would like to see them do something like that to where fans can get into the pits uh, or have access. at. If you buy a grandstand ticket, then maybe get a discounted
5: Pit pass something ticket. to
4: get into the pits. Yep, mm. I think they ought to allow that.
5: Yeah, there's some things that I think can be done to help.
4: NHRA
2: has the best fan yeah. participation yeah, of right. any any
4: racing series That's just out part there. of the grandstand ticket is you also get to go down into the pit area.
5: And when and, Kansas Speedway was built, that was why it was built the way it was with that fence right next to the gates, right yeah, next to right. the garages. It was for that experience to be able to stand there and watch up close while they're working on that. And that, and that is an incentive to go i mean that'll entertain a kid for another couple hours
4: and they right? and they nascar's right. done that at at a couple of these yes racetracks sir. like daytona and las vegas and, and some of these th- other places where they built the the access into the garage area to work you, you don't have a garage pass but you can look right into the garage area what well and, and not only that but you know before the NASCAR
2: race, they allow people yes. to come down yeah. onto the front straightaway. Yeah.
5: And and you know as well as I do. And
2: participate in with the bands and, and all that. Right. And right.
5: back in the old days, it's not as much no more, but where they would run the cars through the tech, they had an actual race seating stage right there for both tech areas at Kansas Speedway. Because when the first few years you'd go through there, there would be people standing there watching it, photographs getting coming through that tech area. This year at Kansas Speedway, they set up a complete normally where they would park some of the rigs for photogenic reasons, they moved some of that out of the way and allowed garage passes to where cuz when you're in the garage you got to be careful. When you're in the in that garage no area. Doubt. But what NASCAR has done hit on a swivel all all the time. Yeah. And but what NASCAR did this year was made a dummy area in the garage. Where you were fenced off, but you're still in that area right there, and you were able to watch the top ten drivers in those first ten pit stalls all get their cars worked on all morning, sa- Sunday morning.
4: And mm-hmm. they had the another thing I liked uh, in addition to that, Todd, is the the people had they got up close to all the drivers, all of them, right there before the race, right
5: there, mm-hmm. and that that made all the difference. And you yeah. can see, can- Kansas was one of the first tracks designed. With the fan, fan wall. and fan in mind and everything. And what you're seeing is a little bit of a modification of what the Kansas Speedway, right. they're changing some things. You know, next year when we go back out there, the media center is not going to be the media center. Well, that was the last year I know for it. the media center the way it was. I we, hate that. We're, we're in a new office again. Everything's going to be. We have good. our own studio. We have out our there. studio. We're going to have a new own studio next year, but it's. Well, I think we'll still be in our no, studio. No, no, we've been moved out.
2: We have been? Yeah.
5: We got a new. We're taking over the old offices that Kelly and them used to run. Those will be our studios. Yeah, now. I
4: heard uh, Matt talk about that. Where's that? Where's that going to be? At? You know, in
5: Kelly's old, Kelly Hale's old office, and what's his? You know, when you go back into the little room where the desk was. Oh yeah. So There'll be a room there, and then another. Is one, that where we're going to be? Both us and MRN will have their. Just like before, it's just that that area. Are been, they
2: putting a wall in between us?
5: I think it's an actual. There's a door in there. It'll be just a door separating the two. You know, so it'll be a two two mm-hmm. rooms. Mm. So, but I didn't know that. But yeah. we
4: got we got to get creative yes. about everything that we're doing, the track operators, uh, at the at the grassroots level, NASCAR, it, to uh, allow the fan to participate more in what's going on. Right, Rick
2: said uh, I thirty had a great kids price, one dollar or two dollars for a child twelve and under with an adult ticket, um, made the the concession stand
5: easier to go to. Exactly. Right. That's what I was getting ready to say. Mm-hmm. You make it, you gear this, these kids are going to be buying pop and candy and stuff. Give them a ticket, sell it for two bucks, tell them they can take that ticket, turn it in for a sucker at the thing if they come in with their parent. Guess what happens? Dad buys his beer. Kid gets his free candy. You see the turnover. You actually know this program's working because you're getting the tickets back. You say, "Hey, man, this." Right. Is, I mean, I, there's a lot of things like Kirk said. There's a lot of things that can be done, and it it doesn't take a lot to implement some things for the year. And like you said, you just got to think outside the box. Outside of this box is where you have to be putting your mind in. You got to be right.
4: in tune to what people want. Right. Hey, right. I thought the uh, the twenty four uh, the Rolex yeah. twenty four hours of Daytona had the biggest crowd they've ever had down there. This
5: they did. Weekend. It was a great, I mean,
4: it was a Big crowd. It was
5: huge. It was they Daytona.
4: and so they've done some things to attract people well, in there. I didn't watch any of it. Well it, yeah. I
5: wasn't gonna, but it was on USA, right? We had mm-hmm. seven out it was on yeah. for a long so I flipped over and I was amazed. You know how when they go around the track and you see lots they of empty show the seats. Crowd. Lots yep. of empty there was more places where there were more people than you'd ever see me before. Biggest crowd
4: I've ever seen at the Rolex 24. It was. Yeah. It was packed.
2: Yeah. Tammy said that I would pay $15 for Thursday, 20 for Friday, and 25 for Saturday, yeah. or a three-day pass Packet. for $50 there you for go. the weekend with uh, for a USMTS race. Yep. That,
4: would be, that would be the thing And that's how you do it. Have that kind of a... Uh, Staggered, gate, yeah. Grandstand price structure with uh, one encompassing price for when we all three days. When we go to
5: these baseball things. You get a ticket for a day pass or a wristband for the three day pass, right? So, like, if you buy a three day pass for these baseball games, you get the wristband. You're wearing that in and out. You can put on your keychain or whatever it is. Yeah. But, but you're right. Stagger that price the main mm-hmm. event's going to be a little heck we did that with the chili bowl
4: the big money show is going to cost right. you more the money big night's going to cost all. you a little more than yeah. the other night if that's all you want to see yeah right
5: i mean if that's what you're here to see we
2: we charged a little bit more for saturday yeah. didn't we yeah and you do that yeah
5: i mean there's there's a reason why that's the show everybody wants to watch
2: right rick rick chimed in he said the price also gets those kids to the track to expose them to yeah, racing right. rather than video
4: games. They're your future race fans. And, so you got to got to involve the and, young kids. And here's what right. I
5: like a lot. TikTok and a lot of these new social media things. There ri- there's a lot of kids post. You cannot believe how much chili bowl coverage I have seen on TikTok from and these are from the drivers and kids who are around it. They're really so what you're getting is they may be on their phones, but they might be interacting with like taking a picture of a car and say hey check this car out posting it on their social media so sometimes when they're on their phones it's it is they're doing a lot more work than just diddling but i'm like you what you say get these kids out there at the track
2: expose it, them to the element
5: osmosis is a powerful thing you can right. have that seep into these kids' psyche very well
4: and make sure that you've got really good internet access absolutely at all of these places you can have people struggling to get on their cell phones
5: it's a it's a big deal to have internet and i also know that the places that had a better audio with the broadcast the from the from the when they talk down you know when they're announcing some things it's tough when you're at some tracks and you can't hear anything it, it makes it makes the experience in the crowd a little less i like the tracks when you can actually hear everybody crystal clear it just makes there's some things like you said people could do and make great make it sound a systems sound system lighting makes yeah. a lot of difference good scoreboard Can't tell you how many times you go to a place and you have a scoreboard and you come in, you're like, oh my gosh, you got a good scoreboard as a cameraman. Video. You you live for a a good camera, you know, video board or a a scoreboard. So, yeah, that's, that's a big thing. All
2: right. So, I want to remind everybody about what's going on up at the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum. They're going to be giving away a 2023 Z06 Corvette. Now, this is a Z07 performance package. This this Corvette itself is a pearl white Metallica tricot color, and they're also going to give you $25,000 in cash. They're going to be giving this away on August nineteenth, two 2023. That's on a Saturday. That's the week after the Nationals, right, Kurt?
4: Yeah, I think they had to do that. Wasn't there a, some kind of a, a change in the laws up there in Iowa that uh, after the uh, end of the event they've got to give it a week? I thought I heard Bob say that. No, That's why that's uh, drawn a week after the Knoxville.
2: Anyway, this Corvette makes 760 horsepower. It's a 5.5 LT6 V8 engine. It goes from 0 to 60 in 2.6 seconds, 8-speed automatic. Um, It's got a lofty 8,600 RPMs, creating 670 horsepower. This thing's got the big brakes, the big tires. This is really a performance race car. It's really a race car on the street, right? It's got all the whistles and bells. It makes 760 horsepower. And again, they're going to be giving this away on August 19, 2023. If you want to buy a raffle ticket, and again, all the proceeds go directly to the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum, all you got to do is go to win, win a 6 corvettecom winaz06corvette.com. Again, the, the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum is open seven days a week. It's only closed on the major holidays, and again, all the money that you buy with these raffle tickets goes directly to the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum. It's helping pay for the Brian Clausen Tower, and it helps them bring in exhibits. Like this year, they're going to have the Williams Grove exhibit there. That's going to be really awesome, isn't it, Kurt?
4: It is. That's that's a lot of history at Williams Grove Speedway, and yeah. So, can't wait to see that exhibit.
2: Yeah, no doubt about it. So, if you want to buy a raffle ticket, do so at Win win a Z06 Corvette.com win a Z06
4: Corvette.com I think they got the Brian Clausen Tower paid off is it paid off I yeah? think so mm. so uh, I, I look for even more expansion at it, the whole thing is the, the view
2: future. on top of the Brian Clausen Sweet Tower as good it's as it gets it's the best of the whole track it, it's <laughs> really the no me personally the best view in the whole track is up where the cameras are up on top of the media box well
4: here's why I like being on top of the Brian Clawson Tower, it's closer to the racetrack, so you can almost look look right down straight on down the on rac- them, and you can watch them go down the back yeah, straightaway. You're closer to the racetrack well, than you are yeah, up top point. on the other side. Good point. That's right what here. I like about right. the
2: Clawson Tower. Let's take another break, and okay. um, again, when we come back, we're going to talk more about. I want to talk a little bit about social media. Kirk and I had this little discussion before we went on the air. And he's not a big fan of social media. We're going to talk about that. I want to know how many people pay attention to Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, and all those social media that's out there. TikTok. I'm kind of into TikTok right now. So when we come back, we'll talk about that and more right here on Mostly Motorsports. It's all brought to you by Rod In Supplies featuring the Power Eye Midwest Lightning Sprints. We'll be right back.
1: You're listening to Mostly Motorsports with Scott Trailer. Rod-in Supply is involved with a variety of motorsports as well as industrial applications with many different types of products. Since 1989, Rod-in Supply has provided superior products priced competitively. Whether you're racing at the circle track or drag strip, rock climbing, or going off-road, Rod-in Supply is an assortment of rod radius rods, and specialty products to keep your equipment moving. Rod-in Supply's experienced staff is ready and willing to help you with your needs. Their promise is to continue to provide a superior product with superior service so you can stay in front of the field no matter what it is. To learn more, go to rodinsupply.com. rod and Supply is involved with a variety of motorsports as well as industrial applications with many different types of products. Since 1989, rod and Supply has provided superior products priced competitively. Whether you're racing at the circle track or drag strip, rock climbing, or going off-road, rod and Supply is an assortment of Rodins, radius rods, and specialty products to keep your equipment moving. rod and Supply's experienced staff is ready and willing to help you with your needs. Their promise is to continue to provide a superior product with superior service so you can stay in front of the field no matter what it is.
8: To learn more, go to rodinsupply.com. rod End Supply is involved with a variety of
1: motorsports as well as industrial applications with many different types of products. Since 1989, Rod-in Supply has provided superior products priced competitively. Whether you're racing at the circle track or drag strip, rock climbing or going off-road, Rod-in Supply is an assortment of rod ends, radius rods, and specialty products to keep your equipment moving. rod End Supply's experienced staff is ready and willing to help you with your needs. Their promise is to continue to provide a superior product with superior service so you can stay in front of the field no matter what it is.
9: To learn more, go to rodinsupply.com.
0: You're listening to Mostly Motorsports with Scott Trailer.
2: Welcome back. It's Mostly Motorsports. It's all brought to you by Rod in Supply.
5: Sorry about that. That's all right, bud. (laughs) We were gabbing on the. We were just gabbing (laughs) away
2: here, and and, and it's interesting. Uh, we were just talking about what Pete posted up that uh, Gene Hackman is ninety three years old wow, today. Wow,
4: great actor! Just
2: great going, great going actor. through some of. So his... you think The French Connection was his best?
4: Uh, no, I think Hoosiers. I loved him as Coach Norman Dale in the movie Hoosiers. Yeah, I don't.
5: I, I'm. I stay away from great. the dramatic, sad movies.
4: I I'm
2: the same way. <laughs> I, I haven't. That was a happy movie. I, yeah, but that coach. It's that... a real, It was about based on a true story. Yeah. story though right yeah but,
5: but what's his name with um who was the drink the drinking guy uh, dennis hopper right yeah right. dennis hopper was in that film. yeah and i, huh, that I just felt a great film. Yeah, it just made me feel sad for him maybe the
4: greatest sports <laughs> maybe the greatest sports movie ever <laughs> that's made. what they say that's what uh he was also i great. wouldn't know
2: i wouldn't call it the greatest sports movie he ever was made. he
4: was also what is the greatest sports movie ever made
2: uh Field of Dreams.
5: Field of Dreams. Is that a, was a great movie. The nat- I like great the movie, movie The Natural. It's great not movie. a real movie, you know, based off of reality, kind of. You know, it's based off of, The Natural a the good natural's movie. The Natural is a real movie. The
2: Natural is really good. Robert, Robert good
4: Redford. Yeah.
2: Right, Robert Redford. Uh,
4: but Gene Hackman was also great in the movie Unforgiven. Yeah. Maybe the best Western really ever good made for, with uh, Clint Eastman. Really, really good. One.
5: That was a really You
2: know, one of my favorite movies is Ford versus F- F- Ferrari. Ferrari. That's a great film. Uh, you know, it, it, it was such a tragedy that Ken Miles lost his life in a practice crash. Yeah. Did you watch any of the Barrett-Jackson auction this weekend, Todd? A uh,
5: couple seconds here and there, flipping yeah. back between commercials, you know. I'm
2: I'm obsessed with that sh- show, to be honest with you.
4: Yeah, yeah.
5: I quit watching because I don't want to buy any. I can't buy him. You know,
4: I was right. thinking about when you were talking about the Corvette <laughs> at uh, the Hall of Fame up there. You're going to try to drive that. There's a scene in that movie ford versus ferrari (laughs) where ken miles is you know working the shop and and a customer comes in to complain it can't get the you know the car's not running right (laughs) well it's a high performance car you're not driving it right yeah you got to drive it harder you got to drive drive it it harder it's meant to be driven hard (laughs) yeah yeah i thought that was great we're
5: looking at i'm looking at some of these movies we can see them here on the board of Gene hackman man let me tell you
2: he was in a lot of them, the, wasn't he? The, the French Fer- Connection. The firm was a the good firm one. The firm was a really good movie. Was, yeah,
5: that's good. Yeah. Uh, Superman. I'd forgotten he was in Superman. I mean, he Runaway Jury. All these movies. Are, he
4: won an Academy Award for The French Connection. The Replacements mm-hmm. is a good one too.
5: Unforgiven. I mean, just it's you can go through this and it's one of my fun. He was in Young Frankenstein, Kirk too. Yes,
4: he was in that. That's. That was one of my all-time and, favorite and movies, one too, yeah. I don't know if you uh, Young Frankenstein
2: was Young Frankenstein. one of your all-time favorite yeah, that's movies? That's a really good Oh, my God. Uh, Love that movie.
5: Have you ever seen The Royal Tenenbaums? No. That movie right here. That's a very good, quirky movie with lots of famous people in it. Tam- really good.
2: Tammy says that I'm a Rudy fan Rudy's myself. A good, Rudy's a good movie. Hoosier ranks right up there, though. Yeah.
5: Mm-hmm. Rudy's another kind of sad, happy movie, right? So...
2: Let me ask you this. So, uh, w- before we went on the air today, yeah, Todd, Kirk Elliott said that he doesn't care much for social media.
4: Yeah, why, why is that, Kirk? I just don't spend a lot of time on social media because it, it just to me it's a waste of time.
2: Why is I it a waste of time?
4: I I just don't I don't get a lot of the fodder, especially from Twitter, because I don't think it represents it, truly. The thought of most people in America, because very few people actually post on tri- Twitter in the grand scheme of things. Kirk, so that is not it's true. It's time. That is
2: so not true. So many people post on Twitter, more than
4: maybe any other platform. Well, I get the alerts on Twitter. I've got my phone here. If something big comes up on Twitter, I'm going to know about it. I look at it that way. Uh, but I, I just don't. Oh, I just I, don't sit there and surf through Twitter and Facebook all day long. I just don't do it.
2: Well, it's just like, uh, for example, Brian Dunlap.
4: He's on there. Do you read what he what he posts? I've seen his uh, messages come up from time to time. Yeah.
3: Hmm.
4: I mean, I know Brian Dunlap, so I do trust what he puts up there. But so much of this stuff. Uh, especially, you see on Twitter, uh, I take well, it all y- with a grain of salt. Well, you, you don't th- think it's true what they post up on Twitter? Some of it is. You just have to follow. But you got to wade through it. No, nah, I, I just I've got better things to do. If you follow, I'm sorry. I see. I don't follow. This is
2: why Kirk is not informed as much as most maybe, people. Maybe so. That is exactly the problem with you. Cause you don't pay attention to what's going on in social media.
4: Yeah, but I don't. I don't. I'm not going to read whatever I've got on social media and sit here and regurgitate it on the air. I get my information from other sources. Yeah,
5: but see, the pe- I think people confuse social media with uh, like gossiping, whereas it's, it's it's
2: not gossip. It's a lot it, of it is. Yeah, it's but not.
5: It, but Kirk, a lot of it is just shared articles from news and articles and from. I mean, from Bob Hoggrass to Lee Spencer, all these people. Well, yeah, no,
4: I, I, so I what I'm, skip that. I, I get that part.
5: So what I'm saying is y- it, you have to follow the right but people I, on Twitter in order for your feed to have the, the, the information you want. If you want to follow a bunch of nutcases on Facebook and Twitter and t- TikTok. See, I think that's, that's what, what Kirk thinks the, it the, is, the, it's a bunch what'll of nuts. Come, that's what will come up. But if you follow, if you're... Like what I tell people every week, please like and subscribe to our page because that information will pop up on your screen when you get on your Twitter, Facebook
4: account. Yeah, I'm not arguing that. I I mean, that's fine. All of that is great. I guess the point I'm trying to make is... Don't judge Twitter and Facebook as a gauge of human uh, of people's opinions about any topic that oh, there is out there. I, I, I don't no, think it's accurate. No, no, no. I, I, I don't.
5: Go to NFL, and the NFL Network, last when the, when the whole thing about playing at a neutral site and everything, if you go back and figure out how the NFL decided on what to do, They've threw out scenarios and they've watched how the Twitter world reacted and they reacted accordingly. I think that's a mistake. I'm just telling you. I, you may think that, Kirk, but we're in a different world now. This is a different. Right. Then you grew up in a. He's a, an old man. I, I'm not saying you're an old man and out of touch or anything. I'm just saying it's a different world on how everything's being put out now. And and to think that.
4: I'm old, but I still read it.
5: I understand. Yeah, and like I said, I. I get where you Kirk come from. Yes, there's a lot of just idiots. Don't, I'm not I'm, saying
4: I, I. I'm not saying I completely avoid these uh, networks. I, I read some of what's going on there. I just don't spend a lot of my day reading that stuff. Yeah, I but just a don't. lot,
5: and that's the thing. Though, but a, uh, there may not be 33 million Americans commenting on Twitter every day, but they are all interacting on Twitter. More than what you're thinking is interacting on Twitter. Now,
4: I, I think it's a mistake to judge the opinions of any one topic based on people's posts on Twitter. It ain't, it Kirk. Is, it ain't do really you know good. how
2: many people are on Twitter? I don't know. 450 million people are on Twitter.
4: Well, there's only 330, users, million. There's only 330 million people in the United States. But those, Kurt, there's multiple accounts pe- for people. people Twitter are, is worldwide. It's worldwide. 450 yeah, grants, million people. How many billion people are there in the world? I understand that. Four it's more than and 450 million people. 450 million people use it. In the, but that's not a whole lot of people when you consider the total population of the world. Hold on. Twitter is worldwide. Tom.
2: Is four hundred and fifty million people a lot of people? It's a lot. Of, it, it. That's a lot of people, Kirk.
5: What here? And like I said, I think what people don't get is, is it can be used as a, a news source because if you follow the six or seven, the Wall Street Journal, the New York Times, Post, whatever your cup of tea is, Wall Street Journal, those feeds are going to come up on your. Twitter page. So you can use Twitter or Facebook like I do mm-hmm. as your morning. So I don't go to MSN no more or Yahoo and, and search my news anymore. What I do is I follow the seven or eight news channels. Uh, there's a few in different states as well that I follow that I like certain reporters. And guess what happens when I get up in the morning? It says this page that you follow has a has something to post it. And I go and I watch that report from that reporter and I get my article. So I'm not listening. Well, I'm, not,
4: to, I'm not arguing that point. Yeah. I think that's that. That's and whole that's, fine and, and great. so what
5: I'm saying is people are searching on this social media like that. I don't don't give two tons of pud for what people are commenting on right. that. That the comment section is the is the gab room of life. Right. I don't care about that. But what I'm talking about, the actual news stories, you can't just dismiss what social media brings to the table no, I,
4: because, i'm not arguing any yeah. of that what you say is very true yeah so it's all true you i don't do you know what the
2: biggest form of social media is
5: what's well, probably the newer instagram well instagram and mike
2: one billion people are yeah. on instagram yeah and see do you even i don't even have be, you ever looked at instagram Kirk?
5: yeah i have i've got, I, an, we've I, got an instagram account that our I don't wake Former up every producer, day going to Instagram. Adam Bartling put together for us, and we and we put a few things on it. But here's what it is: mm-hmm. it just shows you. you know, i mean, It's pointing out the obvious right now to all of us. I'm not. I'm the youngest one in the in our company mm-hmm. right now. You know, Austin was. You're it, the young man. I'm the Austin was it, and Austin was bringing when he was getting on social media and doing some things. He was, and Adam was the same way, bringing in Instagram. But I don't surf. I have an Instagram account. I rarely post anything on it. I, I, I surf around and follow my friends. But I don't get my information from Instagram. But guess who does? Mm. Like you said, how many people are on that? A billion people are following Insta- Instagram. And there's a lot of information being put out on inf- and, and A lot it's, of people and, use and Instagram. And it's not our age of people. You know, we're right we're, young we're, people we're the next you know we're not the generation that they're they're gearing things towards that you right. know we we have another 30 years left on this planet right and then that we're you know we're not we're not in their long term future let's just say that their plans right. do not I- include the people that are our age group Pete, and about Pete
2: said uh, social media is like many things in life you have to filter out what is good what is not good for you that's right. Right. There you go. No doubt.
5: And like you said, I social media is, a, is more cable news will be gone pretty soon. Right. And when we're dead and gone, there will probably not be the type of cable news like we know of today where you flip on. It'll be a streaming service. It'll be on your phone. It'll be something that you get instantaneous like that. You will not be waiting until the five you think o'clock
2: television will ever go away.
5: I think this, the form of television that we know will go away when we go away. Right. Um. See, I still grew up on f- four channels. I'm I'm am young enough at 54 years old that I still know that there were three channels out there, right? So to know to know that I still go to that. I'm not a streaming guy. Young <laughs>
4: kids don't watch TV like we do. No, now. my
5: son, I have to force him like when the when the baseball game or something. I'm like, "Turn on channel what whatever because num- he don't even know the numbers
3: mm-hmm.
2: heck
5: dude when i was a kid you every memorize, i could tell you every channel what t yeah. well, is well and-
2: when we were young there was only four five yeah. and nine but
5: when cable came out i had everything memorized i could tell you mtv and a right. drop like turn it on 222 turn right. it on 430 you know because right. you knew well now yeah. you know what you do you just go to the page and you'll follow it you know and right you here, what kirk followed Kirk, th- this is what's strange about Kirk. Kirk can be really progressive. Well, I get I get no, notifications
4: no, no, I know, but you're, like like you're talking about on my phone yeah. and Twitter. No, I've got all the notifications yeah, turned on. And that's on what I'm saying. I get all that stuff. Yeah, you're. that's the thing. Do People, you get Instagram? Not Instagram. No. But no. see, here's
5: the thing. People think Kirk isn't like in the stone. It, Kirk has all the streaming services. He has ESPN+. Plus. See, I'm, so Kirk's not like denying stuff. Mm-hmm. He he he's not he's not denying that kind of stuff. He he's accepting all these new. I just forms don't sit
4: of, there and surf the internet all day. Yeah, I that don't do what I'm it. Saying. I, I take, got better things to I, do.
5: I, and I know that's your that's your generation. But there's a the other generation, man. There's a reason why everybody's neck is hurting. Yeah, right, right. Because They're everybody looking is down at their phone at all their the phone time, all day, and right, I and right. it's it's the truth. I'm not, you know, it's not making it up. It it's reality, and right.
4: And I, and I agree, Kirk. Um, I don't know. I'm not denying the social networks and I still have access to it. And I I read Twitter and we've taken advantage with Twitter and yeah, Facebook by it right now spreading the word about everything. I, I'm, I'm OK with yeah, all that. Like I said, I'm right. we're good. I'm just talking about the fodder and the comments yeah. and all that stuff. I could care
5: less. Well, with. like you said, all that comes with the fodder talking back and forth like he said we all want to you know that's why we have the the comment section on this here page we could right. sh- we could shut the comments off if we wanted to and
4: no we don't, we
2: don't want to do that because saying. we, we want to interact with our that's listeners hey, if i want to yeah. hear
4: opinions from people i'll listen to you two guys mm. i know you two yeah. so i right. i care about what you think social
2: you know? media rick says social media has helped a lot of people get noticed thanks to hashtags my brother got Noticed via Instagram and now works for Kane Spring, uh Screen Print.
4: Yeah, yeah, that, and like you said. I mean, the networking aspect of it is absolutely. all. there's a lot of good things about social right. uh, pages. I, I'm not denying any of that.
5: I mean, nowadays, when you advertise for a job, you, you know, it's an Internet thing. It's not, you know, I mean, you put the sign on the door or you right. can tell somebody. But if you're not advertising with all the sites, the people that are putting up job postings, you're not it's not the it ain't the paper no more it's not the you know so the world has changed a lot since no we, doubt about we that we have you know and, and we just kind of got to roll with it the new the new way of looking at the world i should say
2: yeah pete chimed in he said lucas oil Late models
4: tonight at bubba raceway are you going to yeah. be watching some of that tonight sure. yeah second of two nights Heard the ray i hope the racetrack's better than it was last night i thought it was Pretty much a one-groove racetrack. Yeah, that's track. what
5: somebody else had posted. I saw somebody on social media post. Not that. near
4: as good as up at Golden Isle Speedway, that's for sure.
2: Yeah, Golden Isle was pretty good, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah.
4: I just hope they uh, prep the track a little bit better so we see some more two-wide racing because... Frankly, we didn't see a whole lot of passing what, last night.
5: What's the weather been like down there, though? That's, that's I, I think
4: it's okay. Though. We yeah. haven't had any rainouts that I Because, you know, that's the so.
5: thing. You know, this time of year, there's not too many places that are racing. But, boy, the ones that are, you hold your fingers, yeah. cross your fingers, and hoping there's no weather. Cause
4: now, after tonight, they'll have a few days off before they go to All Tech Speedway. Larson's uh, going to be there tonight. He is going to be there tonight. Right? I wondered about that. He just announced it a few minutes ago. Good Good deal. Mm-hmm. So uh, they'll take a few days off. They've got uh, All Tech Raceway this weekend, uh, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Practice only on Thursday night, racing on Friday and Saturday. That's a big racetrack. Mm -hmm. And so we'll see that this weekend. And then they move to East Bay Raceway Park on Sunday, February 5th, next Sunday. And they'll be there for, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven nights of racing. At East Bay Raceway Park.
2: I, I might end up going to Florida. Did you I know that, Kirk?
4: I kind of figured you'd end up going. That's why we got you set up for credentials down at uh, Volusia and uh, Bubba. Well,
2: the the reason I I might go down there is because Scotty Cook has got a place that we can stay at. Yeah. And the last thing I want to do is go down there and spend
4: a lot of money on motel rooms. I've got you set up at Volusia, but not at East Bay yet. Uh, we put in down there. Just haven't heard back from them. So yeah. We'll see how it goes there. But uh, I'm going to watch everything from back here. That's what I'm going to do. Well, I
2: shouldn't have a problem getting in at Bubba because I know Bubba. And uh, I could probably We've get. We've
4: already got you on there for the USAC. Oh, races, do you? Yeah. For the East just the USAC.
2: East Bay, we don't. Have. East
4: Bay, I, I haven't heard back from him. Mm-hmm. We'll see how it goes down there, but uh, yeah, we're getting into it now. February is uh, February first is Wednesday. Man, here we are all the way through January and getting ready for speed weeks.
2: I'm not sure Deidre is going to be happy with me if I go down there, though.
4: You haven't discussed it with her yet.
5: <laughs> scott sometimes maybe you ought have that by discussion by his, sometimes i, do I just it. pack my bag and Some, go he still plays by his old rules and just like you know
4: <laughs> i just do whatever i do well i can do that uh uh-huh. i just do what i do we all
5: me my wife's pretty open uh, i can pretty much do the same you can do what you want only I, time I, I,
2: I i'll drive the little old white equinox down yeah, there and back
5: the only time i stick around is if Something happens around the house. That thing's
4: got some miles on it. my I only drove months. to Florida one time, 1995. A good buddy of mine, Ray Spears, and I sat out for Florida in 1995. Went to Daytona. And when we got down there, drove right out on the beach. Well, Kirk, I drive down there every year. I know you do it every year. I only did it one time in my life. Right. <laughs> the other times I went down there, I flew. We used to. Flew here. into either Orlando or Jacksonville.
5: My mom. She you know, she bought a they bought a house right before she passed on St. George Island right down there in Florida, which is a panhandle side. And um they were looking in Destin, Florida. We went to Destin, I don't know, probably four years in a row. Can there. I
2: zoom in, Kirk? From down there? Sure.
4: Yeah. 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 Todd right. and if, Todd and I will be here. If
5: the zoom don't work, there's always the telephone. We always have a telephone. That's, That's true. Why us mean, up some know, good gas? If there's no internet, it don't matter. We've always got a hard line.
4: Line us up some good guests while you're down there. Absolutely. Oh, I'll get some interviews. Yeah. Play them over the computer. Yeah, you could do that as well.
2: Yeah. Or i just send it back to you and yeah. have you play audio them. interviews. That'd be Maybe. the best way to do it, wouldn't yep. it?
8: Yep. And
4: Kirk play them right off the computer. Either All way, right. we can make it work. So we're uh, we're here every Monday and Saturday, Saturday morning. So right. Track talk on Saturdays. Yep. Mostly motorsports on Mondays. That's right. Hey, uh, the uh, wing sprint cars, they had the 360 wing sprints at Belusia this weekend. Ryan Timms dominated on Friday night, but it was Tyler Klim who held off Davey Franick for the win on Saturday night. Ricky Stenhouse Jr. finished in third, fourth place to Anthony Macri, and Timms came from 17th to fifth on Saturday night down at uh, Belusia Speedway Park, so... Kind of cool watching some. Uh, he kind of put up. He there.
2: kind of stopped them a little bit, didn't he?
4: On Friday night, he did.
2: Mm-hmm, yeah. Saturday
4: night, he started too far back, but he he worked his way up through the field and got up as high as fifth. So mm-hmm. Tim's doing a pretty good job so far down there.
2: Yeah, no doubt about. it. it maybe the, one of the next great drivers in motorsports. No doubt about it. Yeah,
4: yeah, he's got. He's he's going full time in the midgets. With Keith Coons Motorsports and that 67 car, the same car that Buddy Kofoid won the last two championships. You think again. he's got a chance to win the championship? Uh, yeah, he's got a shot at it because we, we know he's in a good ride, but is he as good as Buddy is in the midgets right now? I don't well, know. I, I, I wouldn't. I, I I wouldn't expect him to do exactly what Buddy did the last couple l- of years. But Let we'll me ask think. the listeners
2: out there, who do you think is better Buddy Kofoit or Ryan Timms.
4: I say right now, Buddy is.
2: I say Buddy is too. Yeah, yeah.
4: So uh, it'll be interesting to watch. Uh, watch the as you know, we talked about here a little while ago. The last uh, I think I had the last four hours of the Rolex Twenty Four on uh, yesterday. Watched on USA Network, and they finished up on NBC. Meyer Shank Racing wins again in the Acura. And it was uh Tom Blomquist who finished out in that race, but Elio Castronevis, Simon Pagino, Crazy. and Colin Brown were the other three drivers uh for that team, and they uh they kicked some ass down here at yeah. cool 24 hours.
5: Helio and and Pagino both they, they have they could have somebody running their social media. We are talking about social media. they But they post their own stuff from their own phone right, on the planes, in the pits, in the car. And it was really cool to follow those two along th- through this whole process. I follow them on Facebook, and it's really cool to follow them. And, yeah, man, that, that was a lot of – the crowd was really big. Great really, really good. And let me tell you, there was some really exciting racing, man. There were some punting some guys out of the corner, some guys taking some really big chances. and paying the price for it you know and and uh like you said i didn't watch all 24 hours obviously i tuned no. in here and there and when it was on but i watched the last i don't know whatever however many minutes because it's not laps it's minutes obviously right uh all, via social media and through pagino and 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 helio's um, facebook pages so yeah it was really cool to watch that race and
4: they had uh the probably closest finish came in the lmp2 class where james allen Past ben hanley coming down to the checkered flag. some of those in that right. race so that was pretty good finish in that class they had like six different classes running the 24 hours that's he,
5: too many we had some of those drivers at the kansas speedway the one year they had the three cars on the track and we yeah. did interviews with um had the mls soccer team back in the day before they were the kansas city uh, What's the team? Comets? No. Remember what's the outdoor team that's out there at, at, out there at the Legends that played Kansas City? Um, Sporting KC. Sporting KC. KC. So before KC. they that's were Sporting it. KC, they had a different name. Right. And uh, the Kansas Speedway and the MLS soccer game that was being held there, they brought all those MLS soccer guys, some of them yeah. from all all around the world, and brought them in and gave them rides around in that car, that uh, G2, or I don't remember which car it was. But Right. And uh, we did interviews out there with them. I've got a soccer ball signed by all those uh, soccer players. But that was what I thought was, like Scott was saying, it's hard to, unless you're a, a race fan and really know what to look for, Hell, when you're watching that thing, there's three different kind of cars driving beside yeah. each other on the track. You're like, what am I looking <laughs> what, at here? What, What's going My on My wife here? said, yeah. what are we watching? And I said, oh, it's it's a little different than normal. Have you
4: been to a soccer game out there at the One, 40K? Just, I've never been inside that
5: place. Man, let me tell you something about Rockin'. That place, they built it for loudness. Right. And it's so loud. You I'd can, like
4: to check it out sometime. You can
5: hear it all over the whole Legends area. When that place gets rumbling, it's loud.
2: You, you, how about the Monarchs now taking over so the, the old monarchs, T-Bones? Place? And they
5: won the they won the pennant and and um, they did win it last year. Yeah, how they about had, that. They had and they they're the new owners are very. Now my family, um, we had season tickets out there from when they built the very first back in the T-Bones when it was the T-Bones. Yeah, had my grandpa had his name on one of the. You could buy your seats with your name on it. So that was your kind of
2: like sp- they did at Kansas. Exactly. Yeah. And Your
5: name is engraved right in the seat and stuff. And so we went out there quite a bit. Then they kind of went through a lull period where things kind of. I don't know. I think the team owner had kind of stopped putting in money, and you know as well as I do, these independent teams, it can kind of ebb and flow. They run out of money. They a little do. Bit, yeah. They're and not affiliated with any. No. Major no like major teams. teams. So they have no money coming in from like the Royals or somebody on the back end side. But let me tell you,
2: the Royals need to get behind them.
5: I, they they and here's the thing, Frank White is a coach out there. You know, he's a he, he you know he he's always been a coach out there. Um, back when Buck O'Neill was alive, he was the first base coach. He also was their PR guy out there. Yeah, the, they've aligned now that they are part of the new monarchs. They have aligned themselves with the Negro Leagues Museum. And if anybody out there is a baseball fan, and you come to Kansas City. There's a couple museums that you need to come to that nobody really talks about: the Negro the League Negro Museum, Museum at 18th and yeah. Vine, yeah, no which doubt. is getting ready to get a huge facelift. They just passed a big—I know it—yeah, sidewalks. Everything's going to be new yeah, down that's there. That's worth going to, no doubt. The about World it. War One National Museum. Absolutely. Kevin Costner did a whole two-minute video on how it affected him so much when he came in there that he's going to try to incorporate it into a future movie at some point because of what was there yeah. and how well that that place is.
4: That is a great museum. One mm-hmm. of the best,
5: in the, he said, in the in the world. He said he's been to museums across the world, and he says this is one of the best representations of I was museum. there on
4: the uh, 100th anniversary yes. of Armistice Day yes, here sir. a few years I ago. I took, took pictures Went down, down there, there that, that day. day. And uh, I've been through that museum like two, three times. I've only been through it, it once. It is awesome. When I was right. younger.
5: And then the third museum, well, we have the Nelson Art Gallery. is a monster, great museum. But a very unique museum is called Arabia Steamboat Arabia here in Kansas City. Oh, that's a great one. And that will may get moved eventually. Somebody's going to pay I a big I guess it's going to stay a while. Yeah, but they got to find just, a place
2: where they, they couldn't can take everything. Pla- yeah. That's right. what they're... That's, yeah, they're, they're trying to strip it down right now. That's right, because it's right. down
5: in the West Bottoms down right. there. So, mm-hmm. But this that Steamboat Arabia is a ship that they found when the Missouri River was on a different course. Yeah, See, Missouri River's taken a few different courses, and some farmers were plowing a field not too long ago. We're talking in the year 2000s, and stumbled across this perfectly intact ship with... They've got jars of pickles. They've got jars of olives, bottles of wine, completely intact, Scott. Just, right. And then the third, the fourth museum, it's going to be gone pretty soon, and it's geared towards uh, racing. Is and the they're Evil trying K- to strip it down the, a little. The bit. The Evil Knievel Museum in Topeka. If you're ever in Kansas City or in Kansas, go
2: to
4: Topeka and watch.
5: That is a major. It's a it's a big time museum for Evil Knievel and guys our age.
4: They're thinking about taking that away.
5: Uh, Vegas is really wanting it because you know he had a big big footprint in Vegas. You yeah, know, right. obviously, and they're really pushing to get it robbie
4: like, knievel just died robbie right. just passed
5: yeah. they have a they have an exhibit with robbie's stuff up there you know they didn't always get along dad and son right. but they always work together as the knievel name uh, but that museum is really cool has some of evil's actual stuff some of his canes some of his real um, uh, you know stuff and they have right. videos. so like if you're in kansas and topeka area if you're out there at the nhra event Swing by the evil Knievel place, man. It's a cool I've not cool been in place. that yet, but I've heard All about it. One time, right. and like I said, one time. All
2: stars are gonna be racing Friday night down at uh Sonona in in Georgia.
4: Yeah, and then they're they're headed towards uh Belusia
2: Right next a- week. After that.
4: Yeah, they've got uh they hit, they're at Volusia for two nights before the World of Outlaws open up their season.
2: Uh Lisa Lauren, the actress who played Wednesday on the original Adams Family TV show died that. at sixty-four at, at sixty-four years
5: old. Yeah, I saw Too that. Yeah. And then Bobby, the the hockey legend Bobby Hall, just passed away today. 80, right, 80, that's what that. Pete, just just happened on the way in. I heard. Uh, yeah. ESPN and I, thanks for Pete for reminding me. I was going to say that on the way in. He's like you said. There's two Bobby Halls. There's the hockey one, and then there's another one. Sometimes people get confused. But that's,
2: yeah. All right. Listen, we're going to wrap it up. Uh, Listen, I I, got to thank everybody. The amount of downloads that we are getting right now is double of what we were getting when we did a daily show. So I want to thank everybody that downloads our podcast here. You can find it wherever you find your favorite podcast. And we can't thank the people that chime in and listen to the show each and every week, man. You are the best we have some of the best people that follow our show, and we are so happy. Kirk, it, it's uh, it's us now. It's uh, mostly motorsports with the racing boys, and uh, it, it's really great to see that many people and, uh, that download our podcast.
4: Right, and uh, for the next two weeks, uh, more football talk because our Chiefs are still alive. Right. And, uh, and, no, and our fans out there in Pennsylvania <laughs> rooting for the Eagles – uh, you know, we got a lot to talk about yep. here over the next couple of weeks, right?
5: Lots of discussion on the chat room for the next two weeks.
4: Listen,
2: um, I might be in Florida and watch the Super Bowl. How about that? I might be down there. You might
5: be down in the. Me end. and
2: Scotty Cook might be down there watching it. We'll have to see.
5: Well, if you are, we can have you via Skype, via phone. We got it all.
4: Todd will be listening to it on the radio. Well, back I'll be in, I'll be in
5: my other time. room with the radio on in the other room <laughs> yeah. pacing and. Right. Fold and close. Or I,
4: I'm <laughs> not feeling
2: real good about uh, playing the Eagles, though.
5: Here's what I do
4: know. Well, I, I worry about all these injuries. Injuries. We've got yeah, more yeah. injuries. We got
2: so many of them right now.
5: And I'm, the,
4: th- I'm thinking about my boy Brock Purdy, who yeah. injured his he's arm a, yesterday. He's getting MRI. Uh, today. Getting an MRI today. I hope it's not serious. That yeah, uh, that, that, that was a sad deal. Because he, to he have was him on fast, hurt So early in the ball game
5: yesterday. Yeah, he was on fast pace to be the quarterback that people are going to talk about next year in the NFC, he really was. Yeah, I, just no hope R. 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 I just hope that right comes isn't out a, good. Yeah, I hope it's just a sprain and yeah. and cold weather affected him a little bit with it being hurting a little bit. But, yeah, um, two more weeks of football talk, and then it'll all be racing. And then, and like you said, it's called Mostly Motorsports, guys. <laughs> Anything you guys want to talk about is up for games, man. That's, uh, that's why we're two hours now.
2: Tammy says they're worried about playing the
5: Chiefs. That's good. I like hearing that other people are worried. You know, we for so long, Scott, we grew up having to face Joe or John Elway and and uh, Peyton Manning's and all these guys. You know, we have that guy. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? We have that guy that other people worry about now. That so.
4: Philadelphia, that's a good football team. Jalen Hurts
5: is a monster player, and he yeah. was a little banged up after that game too. He even said it too. Yeah, he was hurt. He had a bad shoulder going into that game, and they did they did good by. Ending that game early yesterday. Both teams. My dog's
2: roughhousing me down she here. She knows
5: it's time to. These
4: go. teams are gonna need these two weeks to get, get some of these players. Absolutely. Look at that. Look ready. at that. that. That dog loves Kirk Elliott. She wants to be on the air. She's coming what in. What do you got to say about everything here? She
5: knows what time it is. That dog just
4: absolutely <laughs> loves Kirk Elliott. That's crazy. Well, she's uh, she's a playful one, no doubt.
2: She plays hard. <laughs> yeah she she likes to she likes to nibble on you a little bit. So, all right. Thanks everybody for tuning in to the show. We appreciate it. Um, again, it's all been brought to you by Rod and Supply, uh, featuring the Power Eye Midwest Lightning Sprints. For Todd, surprise for Kirk Elliott. I'm Scott Trailer saying thanks for joining us. We'll see you next Monday right here on Mostly Motorsports.